What's going on? <laughs> we are live. Uh, don't mind Lisa right now. She's having some technical difficulties. Uh, she is. What's up, Sherelle? Shout out to Sherelle, man. One of the, one of the chat queens from Conversations with King and all the other um, nice panel shows they have out there. We're going to let a little bit more people rock in. And we're just going to BS until, you know, we get, you know, people come in here. Y'all get the likes up for me, please. But, uh, man, you know what? We what two two days away from the new year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. 30, 31st, yeah, two, day, two days away. Man, how y'all, how y'all year went? You know, I know mine kind of, it started off better than it did 20, it started better than, than it ended. I say that, you know. To the moon. Yes, sir. There we go. Okay. What about y'all? You know, um, Lisa's now a, a Texan. I'm delayed. My year was good. My year, my year was good. Um, you know, we had a lot of a uh, lot of things on the upside. Um, the the high point, I guess, being Log Forge or Log Forge J, depending on what you call it. I mean, what what do y'all say? Like, I've heard Log Forge and Log Forge J. What are y'all calling it? A headache. <laughs> there we go. Log Forge had, J. I had Log I mean, on, me Java, Java. I feel like Java's been a headache though. Like, always. Oh, let me add my guy. You know, the, the talking uncle to the stream, real quick, man. Oh, here we go. Here, here he come. Here he come. He probably got it's some. He probably got some E and J now. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, this is why we didn't let you in in the first place. <laughs> and shout out, I don't know if y'all can see my shirt. Shout out to Dream Big or Live Small, the Optimus shirt. I'll put his website link in the bio so y'all can go check out his merch. What's going on, everybody? Okay. Not much. I see. No, we at least made here. a little bit of straighten. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, ain't number straighten. Ain't number straighten. Y'all, y'all can hear me good. Everybody. Nah, yeah. you must be running. You must be running Java over there. <laughs> you got a little echo in the recording booth. I see you got the, you know, the noise, you know, cancellation in the in the room and stuff. You probably need to put some headphones on, maybe. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna switch to my uh, to the mic to the other mic. Okay, it's running off. Oh, that's why we hear that. Shout out to Professor Black Ops. He's in the chat. We're going to be doing something next year. Always dope. Might get a chance to even bring you up. He always come up with the uh, the knowledge. He's been in the game with 30 plus years. So always amazing to have somebody like that. But without further ado, let's get into the topics. Everybody's busy. I ain't trying to waste people's time. Y'all know what to do when y'all come in here, get the likes up. So the first thing, first thing we're going to talk about is uh, some of the stuff we see on Twitter. Uh, people talk about stuff like this. So we're going to talk about gatekeeping and really what would you consider to be gatekeeping and what isn't gatekeeping. And I'm going to let y'all walk first since people used to me talking and then I'll just add on, you know, the sauce to whatever y'all put on the meal. D, I feel like you need to go I'm, first. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to put me on the spot? Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I feel like you need to go first. (laughs) So as someone who's experienced like actual gatekeeping in the workplace, the stuff that happens on Twitter is playground, like kid stuff for the most part. 
Um, to me, gatekeeping is someone purposely trying to hold you back um, from either, you know, entering the field or advancing in the field. Um, I worked with someone who used to like you'd ask him questions one time I asked him for like the default password and he told me, oh, you don't know how to crack a switch password. And this is like an, a production environment. Um, no, I'm not going to reset a switch for a password in a production environment. Like what sense does that make? Um, <laughs> I'll also add like just putting up like unrealistic hurdles like, oh, you know, you're not really in tech if you don't have like a computer science degree or you, you know, that's, that's probably the best one. I'm gonna stick with that one. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree. So for me, the whole, I mean, so, and, and me and D have talked about this, like on Twitter, like for me being one of those people who sort of came into tech in a, I guess, non-traditional way. Um, that term gatekeeping has come up a lot. Um, and I think that we, in a lot of ways, misuse the term. So for me, gatekeeping is, like D said, purposely, uh, withholding information or, or I don't want to say withholding information. Let me, let me not say that. Purposely trying to keep someone from gaining information. Uh, but I think when we talk about the conversation about gatekeeping, we have to have the conversation about uh, permission and consent, right? Because a lot of times people will reach out and like, so I'm a teacher, right? I'm an instructor. So for me, if you ask me anything, I'm going to try to help you find the answer. But I think that we have to have the conversation about who should you be reaching out to, right? Like not everybody is online to give you information. So I think that mm -hmm. we have to have the conversation about consent before you jump in somebody's DMs or before you at somebody or before you do any of these things, before we talk about gatekeeping, right? It's like if if somebody is not an instructor and they are not a person who has put themselves out there as somebody who is freely giving away information, if if so for example, if somebody sells a service, right? If you sell a service. And somebody comes to you and they ask you a question and they say, hey, um, I know you normally sell this type of information, but I want it for free. That's not gatekeeping to me. Mm -mm, it's not. No, that's not gatekeeping to me. To me, that is, you know, you simply <laughs> that is you protecting your brand. Right. You can't sell something that you easily give away for free. Whereas whereas for me even though I work for a company where I teach, um, there's certain information that I give for free every single day. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm always talking about, hey, this is the way you can advance in the sock. This is the way you can move forward in this. So I think we just have to reshape the conversation around gatekeeping. Yeah. And, you know, we have to, we have to really, we have to really ask ourselves, like, is this person gatekeeping or is this person protecting their brand? You know, or is this person trying to make sure that because imagine if I taught my courses on Twitter for free. Right. Mm -hmm. If I gave away all the information I gave in my courses for free, what's the point of buying a cover six course? And my, my bad, bro, I don't know if we can plug on here. I'm not, This is not me plugging, but 
you know, what's no, what's no, the no, kind no. Of rock out, man. It's, it's so many people in the world. I ain't, I ain't pressed about that. Go ahead, rock out. What What's the point of buying a cover six course if I'm giving everything away for free? You know, so we can we can't come to somebody and say, "Oh, you're gatekeeping," because we we can't say, "Oh, you're gatekeeping," because you don't tell me the information I want to know. And I feel like right. that's the big conversation around Twitter, where it's like, "I asked you a question, you didn't tell me, so you're gatekeeping." Mm-hmm. Where it's like, bro, I ain't signed up to be your mentor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't sign up to help you. And, and and that brings up a good question. Like, how do y'all feel about people? You know, be jumping in the DMs and asking to be your mentor. I don't, I don't understand that. This is just, that's just to be honest. To me, if you want a mentor, you should know that person. Like, actually know that person. How do you know if the person you're asking to be a mentor even knows what the hell they even doing? Or are they a good person? What you don't even know what they're doing in their professional life. So people right. ask me on the regular, can you mentor me? Can you mentor me? I'm like, you gotta go no, I don't know you, you and you don't know me. <laughs> How is this going to work? I, no, I don't get that. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I it's no, it's um, no like, I'm not being negative, I don't think. Um, I just they need to build up like a rapport with you. Yeah, there we go. yeah. That, that, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Exactly what it is. They just, and I'll talk about that in my ebook too. And then do people want want you to mention them for free? Like, mm. hold on, hold on, hold on. So, I don't mind. I, I don't free. mind that mentorship is free. Okay, coaching I, is paid. Coaching is paid. Right. What okay. that's what people want to blur the lines. They want they want yes, you to actually sir. be their coach, but they actually need to be a mentor. That, that's yeah. what I'm okay. because Let's a mentor is what I was for a day, which I, I mean I still am. Far as you know, he doesn't come to me and ask me every single thing he do. He just asks for mm-hmm. advice or. On certain things, coaches, mm-hmm. I'm giving you a blueprint of what you need to do and follow. And we not follow up with you, and we work on different things. That's what a coach is. That's what the we two build a plan things. together. We build a you plan actually together. right, and you actually take you know use of my valuable time when you're a coach. When yes. I'm coaching you, when I'm a mentor, most of the stuff I'm you know I'm doing for you is for free, and that's because I see you actually putting in the work. That's where that's what it boils down with to me. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Like I mentor on Twitter, right? Like I mentor by saying, Hey, you know, here are three projects you can take advantage of right now if you're working in the sock and you want to train. I mean, not a sock. If you're working in a help desk and you want to transition to a sock. Whereas I coach for money, right? So, and, and, and it's not, it's not necessarily, I saw a comment that said the game is to be sold, not, not told. Uh, and you know, I, I, as much as I love Southern nomenclature, um, I don't mind telling the game, but, but I don't mind telling the game because I am a teacher, right? It's, it's what I do. You know what I mean? It's what I do. So, whereas De'Aaron might be like, Hey, listen. I, you know, I sell XYZ service. You can't come to me and ask for the services that I sell for free. Whereas like I'm a teacher. If you ask me to do something, I might not tell you to Google it. Now, I'm going to be honest. If you if you haven't RTFM, don't ask me a question. Like I, I got to be straight up. And it's not because I don't have the time, but it's because, um, you know, insecurity 
and uh, and Henry, you know about this, man. We talk about due diligence all the time. If mm-hmm. you so, when I ask a question, it's because I've run into a roadblock. It's not because I haven't done the research. And even in, even in my networking days, so many times somebody be like, "Oh, I'm having trouble trying to understand BGP." Well, I'm like, "Yo, did you read the RFC for it?" Because I mean, I can help fill in the gaps, but if you ain't read the RFC for it, then, you know, um, it, all right, spoiler alert, anybody who hasn't seen Spider-Man, I'm about to spoil it real quick. Oh, my bad, my bad, Lise, Lise, how have, have you not seen it? All right, well. Sick, man, sick. Oh, you have been sick. All right, so think about it like this. It's only one part, Lise, I promise. Mm-hmm. So there's a part where, you know, a a thing happens and Dr. Strange is like, damn, you haven't even called? Like, you haven't done the bare minimum to try to get the information that you need. And, and, And furthermore, let's talk about paid services, right? Like, you may not need to be paying me. I'm gonna be honest. You may not need to be paying me. You may need to just read the manual. And I know (laughs) new people hate to hear that. Like RTFM, RTFM all day, like read the manual. And anybody that don't know what RTFM stands for, yo, oh, can I curse, bro? Bleep it. Bleep bleep yourself. Yeah, we good. We didn't got, what, 15 minutes in? We still can monetize. Go ahead. Yo, so RTFM stands for read the fucking manual. Or read the freaking manual if you're being PG-13. And so just like, come on, like, give me something. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, too reading, many people. Reading may be a problem. Reading may be the problem. Because when I was in a school and, you know, they were calling kids up to read in class, those kids was jacking, jacking shit up. And I was like, man, let, just let me read it. Just let me read it. I, and I don't know if no, it's I'm jack shit up kid. reading, though. But so if they want to mentor you, and this is just my opinion, or if they want you to mentor them or guide them or, you know, they want to ask questions, and they want to be in the field. The entire field revolves around knowing how to research, mm-hmm. knowing how to search something up. So if you can't even... Like do that it. on your own, even if you can't read. Well, if you can't read, well, you read it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, if you can re- read to yourself, <laughs> that's okay. But you, you're you going to be put in situations where you don't know the answer by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you're being fed to the wolves. What if the senior on your team ain't there and you're by or yourself? Just say, oh. <laughs> Wait, hold that, up. Or, hold yeah, up. and someone... And someone's purposely trying to gatekeep you. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on, uh, Lise. Uh, Lise, you, 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 you comment. You said something about reading, right? I want to. I want to point out. Not all of your mentors are going to be people you know. Mm-hmm. So, for example, most of my mentors come from books. I've yeah. never met them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Brene Brown, Colin Powell, um, uh, Dave Ramsey. Um, you know, these are people I've never met, but who have mentored me. Throughout my life, uh, you know what I mean. Hey, uh, and Drake and Jay Cole been mentoring me, you know, for about ten plus years. Oh, Kendrick, now. dude, Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City, Good Kid, Mad City is gospel for living life. Like, and and we we can talk about that on another episode. But Good Kid, Mad City is gospel for living life. 
Uh, but sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to search it out. And I saw a comment that said, you got to read the RFC before, what did it say? You got to read the whole RFC for BGP before you engage with the protocol. No, you do not. You do not have to read the whole RFC because tech technical language is extremely boring. It's extremely mm-hmm. boring. Mm-hmm. But before you come ask me a question, it might help for you to hit control F and search for the thing that you're looking for in that RFC, right? Because a lot of times when people come to me, my first question is, what are you having a problem with? You know, and half of the time they can't answer that. Like, what are you having a problem with? It's like, oh man, hey, I'm really having a problem with some type of detection engineering or... and. Um, I, I'm, I, I work in cybersecurity. I don't know if we said what we do, but I run a sock. Um, a lot of times people come to me and say, Oh, I'm having a problem with detection engineering. I don't know cyber kill chain or I don't know the diamond method. And my first question is always like, well, what are you having a problem with? Because I'm not about to teach you the whole thing. And, you know, <laughs> excuse me for being blunt, but I get paid to teach. I can help guide you in the right direction for free, but I get paid to teach, you know? So that's, that's, that's my whole comment on like, and then, okay. So to bring this back to what we were saying, gatekeeping to me is when you purposely withhold information that you could easily give. So if somebody asked me, you know what? So, so for example, I was on a podcast. I was on a podcast not too long ago, a really, really dope ass podcast. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it. It's called textual chatter, but you know what I'm saying? I was on a really dope podcast not too long ago. And one of the questions was, how do you get, how did you get into security operations? I gave that away for free. So if I send you a link to the podcast that I shot, I'm not gatekeeping you. I'm saying go right. watch the episode of the podcast. Deara gives out fucking information so freely on her Twitter. I learned stuff. I'm not in the networking world anymore, but I learned stuff from her podcast. I mean, from her Twitter, just literally just following her on Twitter. I mean, we gotta, we gotta, we, 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 you don't, you don't go to your doctor's office and be like, Hey, I just got a question. I ain't trying to pay no copay, but I just got a question. You know what I'm saying? My, this hurt, this hurt. I just got a little question for you. I ain't really trying to pay no copay for it, but I just got questions. You you don't <laughs> do that. Don't run me. How, yeah, right, and, um, and I was going to touch with the gatekeeper thing because uh, I mean we're on live now, so these are two two of the women on this panel I consider myself to be cool with. So if you come for them on Twitter, I'm coming for you, and I won't stop. <laughs> and they know I they know I won't discussion. I remember you was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. But, I remember people got mad at her at Diera because she was telling people they didn't have to go get a CCNA. They could just do network plus. And they was, I want to say it was trying to say she was gatekeeping. I'm like, no, she's trying to tell you to prevent you from spending money you don't need to spend because you only need to know the basics of whatever you're doing. If you're not directly going to be in networking. And I was like, that's absurd. Like (laughs) the stuff they say is is stupid. Now I've never once I, in my book, I've told people, I have a section. It's like, you know, do you need to agree to get in tech? I talked about boot camps, uh, degrees, certs. I was like, even though I went to school, you don't got to go. I went because during the time I went, what, 10 years ago, they was pushing, you had to go to school. 
Yeah. This information went out here to say, oh, if you go boo, do this, this, and this, hey, you ain't got to go to school. You can have a, a decent living. You can pretty much tech. I really consider tech to be like a glorified trade. But some people, schools are marketing it wrong because you can go work in tech in anywhere, just like a trade. That's how it should be yeah. taught. It should be taught like a trade and not uh, not necessarily a profession you got to go to school for. Because if you get a year or two experience, you get some different certs and you go do all this and that, you should be good. That's, I mean, that's how I look at it. I mean, people, they, you know, they just have fake outrage or they just want to be right. Or maybe they some people that's selling some courses on how to get your CCNA. So that's why they feel like she's gatekeeping when you say you don't need it. I, I mean, who knows? But once you, when, that, that, that comes back to doing your research. I mean, once mm-hmm. you do your research, I mean, you can figure all that out, you know. Um, I dropped out of college three times, you know, but I did that because I did my research that last time because I was going to, you know, when I got into tech, I started going to that Hallmark little tech information technology school. And I, I already researched about the cloud and they weren't talking about nothing about the cloud. And I was like, hold on, y'all y'all on this A plus network plus security plus get your CCNA and then figure out what the hell you want to do from there. All right. I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna get this A plus, and I'm gonna go ahead and jump into the field. You know, I'm gonna get that CCNA knowledge, but let me do my research and see if I actually if I need that. Like, do I want to be in networking? Like, you know, the help the help desk job like they ain't gonna put you right into networking right away. You know, so right. you, might, you know you're gonna have to figure all that stuff is gonna help you. But while you're at those lower level jobs, you could be training, you know, for the position that you actually want to be in and then get that cert for the position that you actually want to be in. Yo, can we Definitely. can we talk about that for a minute? Like Shah said something real, real that I think is really, really important. Figure out what you want to do first. I see so mm-hmm. many people trying to learn everything. Yeah. They want to learn cloud. <laughs> they want to learn networking. They want to learn security. They want to learn development. Like Salesforce, ServiceNow, just unrelated. I wasn't gonna, was gonna go there. I wasn't gonna go there. But not yet, not yet. I ain't, I ain't got enough drinks in me. But <laughs> they want to learn everything, and I'm just like, what do you want to do first? Make like, six figures. What do you want to do? Like when I started, when I started, uh, and again, I took the non-traditional path. Now, like back then, it was the traditional path. Back then, it was you get a help desk job, you figure out what you want to do on the help desk, you get a specialty job, you figure out what you want to do on a specialty job, and then you specialize more and more and more and more. I got a help desk job, and excuse me, bro, because I know I said this on the podcast already, but I started on the help desk, and then I got into networking, and while while I was working as a network engineer, I got a firewall project. I had a Cisco ASA, and... (laughs) Uh, y'all, Lise and and D, y'all gonna think this is ancient, but I had a twenty nine hundred. I had two oh. twenty nine hundred series, and we were migrating from. I still use them. You still use mm-hmm. you still use twenty nine hundreds. Who you work for? Let me let me just know. <laughs> you are like we're in the process. Of, I have you know, seen them. A lot of them companies are still pushing over. Trust me. No, those are no. Old. Y'all should <laughs> not be using twenty nine hundreds. Hey, we in the process. Any, trust me. Inherited. Gosh. Inherited. 2900s <laughs> were EOL. 2900s were EOL in 2019. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Um, we had, I had a 2900 series. 
and we were migrating from Dell Sonic Wall. This was right after Dell bought Sonic Wall. We were migrating from Dell Sonic Wall to Cisco ASA, and I had to build site to site VPNs for these for these firewalls, and nobody wanted to do it. And you know, if if you follow me on Twitter, you know, at the E is for Extra, I talk about all the time taking advantage of the, taking advantage of the jobs nobody wants to do. That's nobody how I got my ice experience. Nobody wanted to configure these firewalls for point-to-point connections, or, or excuse me, I want to be technically accurate, site-to-site connections, so that Twitter doesn't come for me. Uh, <laughs> nobody <laughs> wanted to configure these site-to-site connections, and I was like, oh shit, I'll do it. And that's how I started in in cybersecurity or infosec because I still have a problem. I still have a hard time saying cybersecurity. Um, it's infosec. You know? Yeah, I just think cyber sco- cybersecurity sounds cooler, and that's the word. Like, think about it. You go to somebody, yeah, I'm working information security, but you say, oh yeah, I'm in cybersecurity. It's kind of like, oh okay, you know what you do. A lot of things cater off of the word cyber, cyber ops, right. yeah. cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Shooting. What's that show? Uh, they used to come on PBS. Uh, Cyber Chase. Yeah, I used to watch Cyber Chase. So hey, people know. So I got a question. I got a question for Lise and Diera. Um, this is this is something we don't talk about a lot of times, but uh, you know, I, I want to bring it to the forefront. The boys' club, right? Like, um, as somebody who was very much privileged and very much able to avoid that. I mean, like that wasn't a thing to me, right? I never had to deal with the boys club. I mean, we talk about being black men in this industry for all the time, but like the boys club, like, and you know, there was a, (laughs) I I hate to put down another instructional institution, um, you know, on live, but there was a recent instructor who made a comment that was very, uh, very boys club ish. Uh, I won't say his name because we won't give him no airtime on this at all. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, there was an instructor who made a comment about just like women not being passionate about this industry. And that just hasn't been my experience. So how have you guys navigated the boys club that is technology uh, in your careers? Yeah, you're going to go first. Sure. Um I've been fortunate enough to have worked at companies with allies who will see that bullshit and call it out like on the spot. Like I've had people in meetings like repeat the same exact thing I said. And I've had people who will be like, oh, yeah, that's what De'Ara said. (laughs) Or why don't you uh, let De'Ara explain that some more? Um, Or just straight up like, you know, somebody cuts me off. No, De'Ara was speaking. Um, So I've been fortunate enough to have that. Um, in the instances where it was just me, I have walked out of meetings, um, because I needed to remove myself from the situation before I cut somebody out. Um, <laughs> the Baltimore was about to come out. Just cuss them out. Just cuss them <laughs> out. Can, can you let the Baltimore come out real quick? Cause you'd be happy. No. <laughs> can you say, can you say shoes? Can you say you? <laughs> can you say shoes? I just want to hear you say shoes. Anyway. um and and just i have learned to speak up for myself and just let it be known like i'm not tolerating that behavior 
um, either remove me from working with this person or I'm going to remove myself from the company. Like it, it's too, it's too much. Like networking is challenging it's, it's enough. Much? It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> networking is, is challenging enough and there's enough um, of a headache, like just managing the technology to then have to worry about guys just being jerks. So. So when we talk about guys being jerks, um, it, I hate to bring race in this, but is this is this black guys and white guys? So my first job was ninety eight percent black. Okay. And our IT department, with the exception of one team, was ninety nine percent black. So our application team. They were very diverse, but the rest of the teams were primarily black. So I've seen it from black guys. And more recently, I've seen it from white guys. And I've also seen some shit from black women, like who enjoy the attention of being the only. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, do shit on the side too. I had somebody completely, I did, I worked on this diagram for about two weeks, getting it right, getting it very detailed. Found out I was shut out from a meeting. I get the notes from the meeting, and this woman has claimed all of my work. Uh oh. Like How did you deal with that? How did you do- now? Okay, if we want an example, y'all, that's gatekeeping. I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. I was fear. I let myself calm down. Um, and at the time, the person who was mentoring me in the workplace was like. You know, let's not. It was a very highly political workplace. Um, so I wanted to go up and confront her. And they were like, no, you know, that's going to look bad. Da, 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 da. You know, let's just, you know, let her have that. And, you know, eventually, because she has now boasted about this, people are going to go to her and the results ain't going to match up. And they didn't. Um, but in that moment, I absolutely wanted to confront her. Could Would it have worked out better? I don't know. But. I definitely wanted to be like, sis, don't don't play with me. <laughs> On the streets. The Baltimore is about to come out. <laughs> streets. <laughs> so what what about you, Elise? Like, and when we talk about the boys club, because it is, I mean, me, Rashad, Henry, we can we we do have a certain level of privilege being men and being able to um assert ourselves without being called the B word or without being called aggressive. Like when we do it, it's called ambitious. You know what I mean? So what about you? Like, how have you navigated that? Because, you know, like I said, I came from that networking world and I know that that, that industry and that thing is very much. Oh, did we lose Lise? I think so. Okay. Oh, she's back. So, so what, Um, how, how, how have you navigated that world? It's on you, by the way. I can't hear though. Hold on. My computer died. So let me give me I'll be right back. I'm listening, but I'll be back. We, we got you. I had somebody call me to be word at work. At work? That was fun. At work. Oh, in the hell. office. Man. Like, was it like bitchy or like you a bitch? No, it was literally Speak that bitch language. has an attitude problem. Oh wow. Oh, was it somebody like me working there? Would you? It, it was everybody. Ain't was nobody like, like you, Sean. Ain't nobody like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to me. Hey, somebody just call me a B. Hey, let's go. 
They but you know what, like, though? I, I found even... out, though. Right, yeah, I found out, like, every time, like, I'm talking to a client or somebody, it's never it's... no stand-up guys around them when all this stuff is happening. Yeah. Because one of my That's old what... co-workers, um, she was, like, going through stuff, like, like little petty stuff, like engineer not giving her access to the tools she needs to do to do work and stuff. Like, so I would talk to her and we figure out stuff, but it never, they would do kind of like subtle stuff. It's never done in the open because they know a person like me going to say, that's not right. Or I'll talk to them and say, you know, hey, what did so and so do about this? Or what did they say? Because I'm trying to see like how is people letting certain stuff fly because it don't make sense to me. Um, but yeah, that's, you know. <clears throat> That that's crazy. Uh, people out here wild, and they don't do that type of stuff to men because they know it's going to get physical, or as Drake would say, mm-hmm. zero to one hundred real quick. Because yeah. no way possible you finna go walk up to a grown man and say that to him, because yeah, that's gonna right, be yeah. the day he loses his job. Yeah. And yeah. when he in the exit meeting, they gonna say, "What happened? Hey, I I went off on him." Or I because you, no words, you I just you a him. black dude, you a black dude who people. Uh, almost, and this is one of the reasons why black people are criminalized, right? Is you're a black man who I'm so I'm only I'm only five seven. I'm not a huge black dude, right? I'm five seven. I'm two twenty. I'm not a huge black dude, right? But there is a certain presence that that we carry, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's almost put on us. Like it's like, oh, this black dude might punch me in my fucking mouth. He might punch me in my mouth. And it's like sometimes, and to De'Ara's point, sometimes it's like, oh, you're not going to talk crazy to me in a meeting. But at other times, it's like, I might say, I, I might say something simple like, hey, I disagree. And bro, that gets taken every shot. You know, you mean you have talked about this. I can say something as simple as, man, I disagree. And they'd be like, whoa, 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 calm down. And it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. All I said was I disagree. You know what I mean? So I worked with somebody who used to bait people in to arguments, men and women. And then the minute you would either remove yourself from the situation or go off on them, then they like would play the victim. Like, oh, see, this is this is why I can't have these discussions with the era because, you know, she just shuts down. She just she just stops communicating. And it's like, I'm not about to sit here and argue with you because you want to do something stupid on the network. Go ahead. It's your job. I I'm I, at this time I wasn't like a senior level person. I'm just like, hey, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. But you know, go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> They Make know sure you're ready to write up that RCA. <laughs> and I reply with that that slow but soft like fam. It's then you know I'm be calm and then it's up after I say fam because you didn't say something. And maybe we had to call you fam because I ain't got I'm call you fam at work. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever oh wait, I'm sorry, Lisa's back. Lisa, we talking about the boys club. I want to hear your experience too. So luckily I was still able to hear y'all, but, uh, <laughs> so I've had experiences on both sides where I've had people who didn't tolerate it and they would call out any and everybody who tried it. Uh, but unfortunately I've also had the opposite end. Um, and this was very early on, I would say more so earlier in my career, um, 
where this is all brand new to me and I was easily, I guess, the easy target, essentially. Uh, so if I would ask a question, there's been times where I was like, how do you not notice? You don't even mm-hmm. need to be here. Da, 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 all this sort of stuff. There was time, there was a time where there was a shop lunch going on. And, um, this was like, it was like kind of off hours going on. So like it opened at seven and I was the only one that came in at nine. And, um, so after nine o'clock, I had a meeting, um, an onboarding meeting because I was kind of still newer in the company or whatever. Um, but it was delayed by, I think it was onward maybe two or three months. So it was like a late onboarding meeting. And, um, I came back. It was only two hours and they knew this because <laughs> I even came back in there and I knew about this shop lunch. And so I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. I'll be back. 11 o'clock. I'll be back before actually like 1030. And I came back and everybody was gone. And, um, who goes to lunch at 10 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Nobody go to lunch at 10 o'clock. So I was stuck. Everybody went to lunch and then they came back and they started kicking in, talking about how funny and great lunch was, but it was all the guys, all the men. Um, there's been, uh, if I was a lead in something and I would make a suggestion, it would get shot down. Or like mm-hmm. Deara said, someone would be like, Oh, I'm going to take claim to this. I said X, Y, and Z it was going to work. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So in, in early on, um, I didn't handle it well because I've never really, I didn't know how to navigate that. Navigate the boys club, essentially. Uh, I know how to navigate it in a military aspect, but in a civilian aspect, it was a lot worse. A lot worse. And so I didn't know how to deal with that. And there were times where I would literally go to the bathroom because it was the only freaking place that there'd be no men. And I would cry, you know, like mm-hmm. I would legitimately be sitting there crying, not because I'm sad or I'm hurt. I was frustrated. You Angry know? And I, was, I was I was mad. I didn't know what to do. And um, as time progressed, I learned how to better navigate the boys club. And I have no problem checking people. Uh, at this point i have no problem checking people yeah Yeah. Uh, chris had a great question chris chris has a great question do you believe that the type of culture is defined by management it is for sure 100 percent 100 percent 100 percent i think um because good managers you, never let that happen. And it didn't even, yeah. like, as soon as it was, like, put in, it was checked so quick. But a bad yeah. one, my, you know what? They're in it, too. <laughs> They're kicking in I mean, we, we've we all heard the saying, right? Shit rolls downhill. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to culture as well. Um, you know, if, if, if you have a manager who allows that boys club type of mentality to to propagate throughout the team then it's it, i mean that's what's going to happen i think that management has to step in and say hey you know like you said diera has something to say or if somebody starts talking it's like wait 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 i, I hear what you got to say but i would like her to finish her statement 
And it's, Mm -hmm. let me start by saying it's unfortunate that we have to do that, right? It's unfortunate that, it's unfortunate that we need allies in a lot of ways. I won't touch on too many of those because then we'll get way off topic, but it's unfortunate (laughs) that we need allies in a lot of ways, but it takes somebody to be like, yo, bro, like you tripping, but I think, and this will come up, let me see later, later in the show run, but it's like, it comes up to like, are you in tech? Or are we talking about tech? Because from right. what, from my experience is like people who talk tech, it's like, oh no, your technology is solid. Period. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for my networking people, it's like, oh, the network's flapping. Like, um, and flapping for anybody who doesn't understand just means that there are intermittent, uh, intermittent failures in the network, but the network is flapping. What do we do? I don't give a shit who gives me the answer. I, I really just don't. Give me I don't the answer. Just mm-hmm. give me the answer to why the network's flapping. Because if you, it, you know, in my position, it's like when I was a network engineer, it's like I worked for a company that had 13 different sites. And the network flapping means that credit card information is not going where it needs to go. It means that customer data is not going where it needs to go. I don't give a shit who gives me the answer. The right. network's flapping. I want to answer. Right. Right. And that's where and I've been a- able to. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. No, that's go where ahead. I've been no. able to like really shine because people would. I've been in situations where people would. Like there'd be projects going on and they'd give me like documentation or like something when I've already proven I can handle more technical stuff. But depending on who the lead was and what their problems were, they would just give me like little minuscule tasks. So while and I would just be like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, you know, knock this out and I'm going to take all these notes and meetings. I'm a person who loves notebooks, I'd be writing a meeting, take on taking all my notes, like, oh, I don't understand that. Let me research this. And then when something goes wrong, and I I mean, I have suspected that there were situations where I was kind of like set up. Like, you know, conveniently this breaks and you never you forgot you left out this piece in the documentation. Um that was a very specific case, but um, been in situations where like I wasn't involved in any of the technical um, piece and then something broke. But because I had paid attention and I was doing my research and studying while y'all were being petty, I was able to show up in that moment and fix it or at the very least triage it until we could get someone more senior. And yeah. everyone sees that and they're like, oh, oh, well, shit, you know this. Why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? And it puts a microscope on said lead or said senior person. And now, okay, well, you know what? Nope, you don't need to do that since you're complaining about all this work you have. Give some of it to the air. And that was how I was able to like get more responsibility in some situations because people were not trying to let it go. And one thing I wanted to add to the management conversation is I've had managers who call it out, but it also just got to a point where like you see this is a repetitive behavior with this person, but you're just slapping their hands. You're not like taking any real action against it. And yeah, they end up yeah. they we definitely can go up, down a, oh, know, yeah. a slippery slope with that. Yeah. I was going this is gonna be the last thing I touch on that so we can move to the next thing. 
what the real issue is, a lot of people are used to these workers who be in the meetings and all this and they don't say nothing. Now, us as people, mm-hmm. we pretty vocal. We ain't really most of the time be quiet. I've been quiet lately in my meetings at the new places because I'm not really working on nothing, so I ain't got nothing to say. But please believe when I am, I will. But I went through plenty of meetings where I had people older than me not saying them, but then go mess up the next day. And I'm like, fam. Mm-hmm. So now when they, that's, I try, I'm telling y'all, the viewers who watch it, I try so hard to get a black woman on my team so bad because I want her to come in and make all the men look bad. I wanted one or two things to happen. They were going to skip their game up, but they was going to quit. I was trying to do that mm-hmm. so bad, but it was hard finding people to hire because, you know, it's still fairly new to a lot of women that, you know, they, they, they weren't really in those roles like that. But I brought that up to segue and it's because then we can dive into that maybe later on. Um, this kind of be, you know, Rashad's thing. I haven't dealt with this too much, but let's talk about this right here. Real recruiters versus mm. fake recruiters. Right, here we go. How anybody do you distinguish? Anybody with a name you can't pronounce. Ooh, I'm not going to go there. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I might I'm not going to hear what you're You can't pronounce the name in one shot. Nah. All right. So I, I will say this. And, and this is coming from somebody who hasn't had to work with a lot of recruiters. Um, I have mostly worked with corporate recruiters. So I will <laughs> reluctantly let Rashad lead this conversation. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that when it comes to recruiters, um, you have to you have to vet. Right. Yeah. You have to do your vetting. Um, there are some really, really good recruiting companies. Right. K-Force, Tech Systems. Um, and, and this is not an endorsement by any means. This is not an endorsement. Um, but there are some really, really good recruiting companies and there are some really, really good recruiters. However, there are recruiters. Hayes, Hayes is, is another good one. Somebody just tweeted me. Hayes is another Glowcom. Glowcom. Yeah. There's a lot of great recruiters, but. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about technical stuff. You got an RTFM. Like if somebody reaches out to you and they're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm from XYZ company that you never heard from, but I got a six figure job for somebody who has two years of experience. I mean, it might be, listen, um, you know, if it, if it looked like, <laughs> I, damn, I, I don't want to say this. If it looked like shine, but it smell like shit, you gotta. I mean, you must you gotta quit. pick one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it looked like shine, but it smell like shit, you must have quit. Like you, you have to really vet these people. Yeah. Um, I, I personally don't go with recruiters. I'm not gonna say who I can't pronounce their name, but I am gonna say that uh, there is a such thing as a language barrier. And sometimes um, I, I personally go for recruiters who can speak my language uh, with ease. I don't I don't go for recruiters who have a language barrier. But you got to realize as popular as the tech community is with us, it's just as popular with. Damn, I hate to use this word, y'all. I feel like every time I say this just word, like, just like everybody else. else, it's just as popular with scammers. Drink, drink. We got to drink when we say scammers. 
as popular as the tech community is with us, it's just as popular with people who are scamming and things like this. So you got to do your research and you got to vet these people. And just remember, oh, shit, DJX is on here. What up, bro? What's going on, gentlemen? So you you, you really have to do your research when it comes to these recruiters because you can't just be talking to every recruiter. I mean, think about your LinkedIn, your Indeed. How many people are in your inbox with jobs that ain't real? Mm -hmm. Hey, that's a video I've been wanting to do because... It get a little tricky because I ain't going to lie. Three years ago, when I was looking for work, every time I dealt with these certain type of recruiters, it seemed like the job ain't had no traction. I ain't going to say what their nationality is, what it was. I mean, if you've been in tech long enough, you probably can guess. But it seemed a little bit uh, fugazi that, that nothing ever went through with them. And it made me a little apprehensive, like, y'all just trying to get my information or something? And um, eventually, I kind of... St- stop really even going that route because most of those roles were contractor roles too. It was just, you know, because if we really, if we really think about it, how hard is it for me to go scam? uh, We're going to say a company like Microsoft, right? I go scam Microsoft. I make up my own domain. I throw up a page real fast and I go take everything on the job description. And then I start saying, Hey, I'm a recruiter for so-and-so. Um, yeah, we got the job mm-hmm. whenever right here. How you know how how hard is it you know for me to do that? Not at all. I can even set up some my friend act like they work for Microsoft. Yep. Or or you don't have the job yet because this is what I've run into. Recruiters are trying to build a rolodex of candidates before mm-hmm. they have an actual account. So yeah. I had a homegirl. I had a homegirl, y'all. The recruiter asked her for her social security number as a part of the application process. Absolutely not. And look, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie because when I was desperate, that's what I ran into with them people. But I'm going to tell you, I never, I was, I was always checking my stuff. I didn't have no type of things open up on my, my credit or nothing like, so it wasn't nothing well, like that. You on the cybersecurity side, Rashad, what about you? Cause you on the development side. How does how does that work? Because because Henry, me and you are on the cybersecurity side, so <laughs> unfortunately we're skeptics by nature. It's like if you ask me for anything more than a first name, I got questions. <laughs> like, but Rashad, what about you on the development side? Like, how does that work? So <clears throat> you know, with a lot of ways, these people get our information. Also, is because we sign up for a lot of stuff. So, like, we signed up for Udemy courses. We're signed up for, you know, uh, Udacity, Coursera, you know, all these Google courses. And, like, all this data is being sold. So, and it's being sold to somebody. So, I, I just look at it the, the, fact, the way that, okay, somebody got our data and, you know, they're, you know, that's why people be hitting us up when they know you're taking certification and stuff. They be hitting you up, you know, with the certification little thing. Like, we can, you know. We got all this training and yada, 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 100% pass rate. So, like, if the stuff is too good to be true, like, I, you know, I don't even answer the recruiters if they're not recruiting from a major company, honestly. Um, after you get your first couple of tech jobs, uh, you know, you may have to start out as a contractor. I wouldn't go back to those little contracting companies. After you get, after you get a full-time employment in a major company, I wouldn't go back to any of these little contracting companies. You know, get your, you know, you can get in there, 
you know, to get your experience. But I mean, that's about it. But then you gotta, you got so many, you know, like you said, you gotta, you gotta do your, you gotta do your research. K Force. I started off with K Force at USAA, but when I was at USAA, that contract got bought out by HCL, which is the third largest uh, contracting company in India. So you, you know, that H one B visa thing is is rampant. That H one B visa abuse is rampant in tech right now. So. I recognize ACL, DXC, uh, mm-hmm. Infosys. I thought K Atos. Was, I thought they were scam. I don't know if they was a real company or not. Every time K Force is K Force is legit. <laughs> K Force, Texas. But the question is, do they actually work for K Force? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, see, do they? That, I think that's the one feature of LinkedIn that needs to be added. Is they need to verify recruiters. Yeah. Verify recruiters, but also if I say I work for okay, my last company I can say Opta. If I say I work for Opta, Opta needs to have a person dedicated just to saying who said they worked here. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Now, because the only other way you can verify that is through a background if you want to do it. But I'm just talking about somebody just from LinkedIn looking at it because if that happens, that's cool. But a way I also try to tell people to to verify some stuff is hey, see if that person got some recommendations from people that they worked at the same company with. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, for me, it's just like, um, I mean, this is I probably from being in, in InfoSec, right? I OSINT that as like, I'm about to get deep, deep into like your LinkedIn. I'm about to get deep into like who's referred you. I'm about to get deep into who you work with. I won't accept a, a LinkedIn request. And, and this is for anybody who sends me a LinkedIn request. I will not accept it if you don't have mutual connections and like your posts don't line up with your industry. Right. So if you say, oh, I'm in the infosec industry because and, and hearing you notice know from from being in management, a lot of these people are salespeople. Mm-hmm. Like y'all trying to sell me a product. Uh, y'all trying to get me to. To sign up for some demo for a $25 Amazon gift card. And let me tell you something. If, if my company pays me $75, $85 an hour and you want to take an hour of my time for a $25 gift card, do your research, dog. I'm losing money by talking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm losing money just by. But they just be trying to meet with you. I'm like, fam, I don't do nothing with this. But I met with somebody once and I was like, man, I don't know. I can reach out to the salespeople I know. And if they say, yay, I can direct you to them. But I was like, what do you, what is, what's Tyree say? What more do you want from me? Like, <laughs> what do you want from I'm me, not, fam? I'm not going to lie. Don't a, give free, me... a free wireless access point for a demo. And I was like, yeah. I don't do no wireless. Fam, nah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, I'm a, this, 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 service Wisp, this Wisp wireless access point. I want it. Come on. Come on, if, I if want you it. work, if you work for CrowdStrike, send them one or Tanium, and you want to give me a free demo with some access, holla at me. I'll meet with you then. Because I, <laughs> I need I to do a video. They come back and they say, here's some free access. We're going to send you some equipment. I say, thank you. Right, because <laughs> I need to do an EDR video because <laughs> EDR is one of the things everybody can get their hands on. And that's something I want to do a video on. But I also was going to say, I didn't, I'm able to tell who the people that's trying to say, Hey, are you looking to get an AWS, CISP, or whatever them search they try to pay for to get you oh, to get? I'm able to yeah. see through all them now on LinkedIn. They'd be killing oh, me. Blocked like, or, you know, I don't want to go on a rant, but the MLM people, I'll be reading them they rights. 
They be they block me because I beat them to their pitch before they ask. All right, so mm-hmm. I got a question. I got a question. Mm. I feel like this is gonna be trouble. Oh, let me take a drink. Hold Go on. ahead. Hey, I hey, feel like this is gonna be right trouble. Now, spicy. All right, let's talk about certs. <laughs> Yeah, you laugh, why are you laughing already? I hadn't even said it. She gets the most. All right, let's let's talk about certs, man. Let's talk about how we as an industry market certifications. Mm-hmm. I, I, I okay, so let me let me let me let me preface this by saying that I think certifications and degrees hold um i think they they represent uh, a measurement of skills attained i don't think they teach any skills um and and i damn i know twitter's going to drag me for this twitter t- I, know, I, know, I know i'm saying I, hold, on, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on wait let them let them let them land let them land let me let me let me land okay so for example I got my CCNA, right? I got my CCNA, I got my Network Plus. I didn't learn networking by studying for my CCNA and Network Plus. Right? They they proved what I already knew. But I think that sometimes we as a, an, an industry, we from an HR perspective depend too much on certifications. Like I think that Asking somebody who's just starting out in their career, who's just starting out in their career, to spend three, four, five, God forbid you want to go get some sand certs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that price. But God forbid you want to go get some sand certs. You want to spend all this money to go get certifications when it's like, how many of y'all have encountered people who got two years of experience but got a CISSP? And it's just like, uh, I mean, on help desk, yeah. on help desk. Yeah, all they done had is help desk jobs. They got two years of experience and a CISSP, and it's just like, who are you, bro? Yeah. And then you get them in there and be like, hey, why, um, why shouldn't we expose port thirty three eighty nine to the internet? And they're just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like. Or, or, or for my networking people, for my networking people, it's just like they got they got they come in there with a CCIE or a CCMP, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? If, if the network's flapping, I just you know I just I just do a save run and then I just reboot the switch, and it's just like, nah, but you wouldn't. I didn't interview guy who was like, oh, you just reboot the switch. That was their troubleshoot. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you gotta reboot anything, if you gotta reboot any networking infrastructure, you don't get the job. Like, no, like that's, that's I work for a multinational company. Don't reboot shit. Like, don't, don't reboot shit. Ain't no risk calculation. There's no risk calculation that you know what. I'm not gonna get into that. I'm not gonna get into that because this. I was just gonna so... uh, push back only and say the practical certs. Would be ones that would prove skill because you have to. Can you call you out a practical not, cert? Uh, what you got? ECIR. I think you got. Uh, I think OSCP is one too, right? 
It 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 was as far as I from a, from a, you from a cybersecurity perspective because I, I I'll give you a hot take right now. Give me a hot take. The CYSA is the best practical certification on the market. That's that's the one I always tell people. I tell people wait till you get a job first because I feel the like CYSA is the best certification out there for cybersecurity. I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a hard test. But it's very beneficial, especially if you're in the sock. If you already got sick plus and you can see what I say, you straight. Everything you do gonna go up because you're learning when you're studying. But if you just study and take it before then, you really didn't gain much from it. Well, we come from different disciplines. So for for my networking people, what like how did, how are y'all feeling about certifications? Because we all so, come from different disciplines. Yeah. So I'll say I'll disagree with that. You can't learn from certs. Because I've definitely, when I wanted to, like, I'll take ICE, for those of you who don't know, ICE is the Cisco Identity Services Engine. It's pretty much their, like, top tier security product for network segmentation, VPN posturing, all types of security related things related to endpoints in your network. Um, I learned a lot from that search. Because if you've ever looked at, um, I've learned a lot from the study material. I haven't finished the cert yet. But if you've ever been inside of ICE, you can work completely on one piece of it and never touch the rest. And you will know nothing about the rest of it. <laughs> like, it's just so, they pack so much into their product. It's absolutely possible to work on one piece and not do anything else with the rest. Um, so I've been able to learn from that. Where I think the learning from piece comes in is doing some type of labs with what you're learning. Definitely. If you're just reading the book, no, you you haven't applied it. Like it's one thing to know it, but you don't. And and people always kind of push back on me when I say this, or they used to. It's not as rampant now. But for me, like, come on, make sure you don't gatekeep. Yeah, don't start gatekeeping. <laughs> connections don't start gatekeeping. Like. The connections weren't there until I'm actually like on packet tracer, typing in the commands, seeing the output that gets, you know, brought back to me. Um, something like the security plus is informational. So I think those entry level certs, the security plus, the things that don't really have labs because it's designed to just introduce you to the topic. That's like a different thing. But I think for everything else, if your cert has labs, you need to be doing labs. If you're studying for a cloud cert, you need to sign up for Azure or AWS or GCP. And everything you learn in that, go try to do, like, on your platform. That's the only way it's really going to connect. To me, anyway, like, I can read it, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I have book knowledge of BGP, but I've never configured it. Definitely. Have every day. Hold up, Rashad. I want to hear you. Oh no, I'm sorry, Lise. Go no, ahead. no. Um, it, like if so many people come up to me and be like, "Where should I start?" I'm not learning anything from this. I've had someone DM me talking about I've been studying for the CCNA for four months and I don't, I haven't learned anything. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, what have you been doing?" And the entire time, all they've been doing was literally just reading the book. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Yeah, unless you you put it in into practice, lab it like whether it's physical or virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell everybody, I was like, you don't need a, a full on emulator. You spin up a VM, 
on your dang computer, have all this stuff. You don't need that to understand half of, of what is going on. I, I would say that there, I wouldn't say that, oh, uh, you don't learn anything from certs. Uh, I think it, when it comes to certifications, especially for me personally, I learned a lot more. Like I learned about something, for example, mm-hmm. for studying for a certification. I didn't necessarily know how to implement it or know exactly how it worked until I used it or had to figure it out in a production environment. Right. And so that's where I was like, oh, but the knowledge of me, like learning it, reading it in the certification, I was like, hey, if something like an example was, uh, I mean, it could be something as basic as, I don't know, spanning tree, like with a, with a switcher or something, right? If you go in there and you've never even read about it, you're like, what's with spanning you plug, tree? You plug a switch in and now you confuse why your whole network's so Exactly. You that knowledge of, hey, this is what it is. Now let's see it in action. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see what it really does. So that's where like anytime that I I study for any type of certification, I always supplement. And I tell people at the same time, study supplements like you need a lab. You need a lab at the you don't need to spend money either. <laughs> to I want to point out something for that. Like if you're looking at like GNS3 and all of them and maybe you got like an older computer or you know, you you like me, I don't have space for a physical lab. If I plug a switch in here, my electricity will probably go out. <laughs> I'm in an older home. Um, but like I use like cloudmylab.com and I'll drop the link in the chat. And like for thirty dollars a month you can get like a little like GNS three set up. You like RDP to the machine, it has all the images and you can like lab your heart away. They mm-hmm. also have like EVNG and um, Cisco modeling labs, but they're more expensive. Um, and also, if you have the time and access to images after you like, if you're a network engineer, after you get your get a job, um, use your Cisco account to capture those images. Um, you can spin up like EVNG on Google Cloud, and now you have like your emulator set up and. You can run it on your crappy computer. Yeah. Um, real quick for the, for the viewers, um, you know, somebody was in an interview and they asked them how to remember the OSI model. Um, I'm thinking Lisa has the perfect verbiage for that. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all saw that I had tweeted today about the crazy freaking interview I had. And if you saw my example, I was like, I bet. I'm going to say he had asked me, he was like, okay, he's like, you know, this, uh, you understand DNS, you understand uh, cloud, you understand application gateways, firewalls, yada, yada, all this stuff. He's like, you you get the OSI model, right? I was like, yes, I do. And (laughs) he was like, I was like, a matter of fact, because this was the ending of the interview and he set the tone. I'm going to just say that. He set the tone. So I said, I'm going to say it. I was like, I'm going to say it's inappropriate, but how do you feel about it? And I'm going to just say he tried to take credit for it. He wrote it down and everything. I said, nah, 
It's me. We got that on video. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's just say, if you hear this anywhere else, I said it. <laughs> uh, but if you need to remember the OSI model, how I do it, there's different ones where I, it's. I can't say that on YouTube, though. But I, I'll, I'll say, so the word is going to be kitty, but it supplements the word that starts with a P. Okay, this is good with that. But it's going to say pimps don't need to sell kitty anymore. And it works. Everybody gets a laugh out of it. And it's like, kiki, kiki. Oh, my God, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And like the dude, that I told it, the dude I told it in the interview, he literally on. almost fell out in his chair. I was like, did I get the, did I get the job? Did I get the job? Did I fit it? I made you laugh. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's not East. Somebody's got an echo going on. Yeah, I was on mute. That's... Is it me? I'm a mute. So, so I am um I'm old school. Please don't throw sausage pizza away. But yours mm-hmm. yours is amazing. And I actually <laughs> saw the tweet, so I know what it is. We need to um I don't I don't remember the name of it, but there's a service where you can have somebody's tweet frame. We need to do that and send it to her. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know what the tweet was. It was it was not. Please don't throw sausage pizza away. Not at all. It was not about sausage pizza. It was about yeah, something yeah. Something else. Sometimes you gotta sprinkle a little spice when it comes little to spice, little, little spice, little spice, little spice, little, little, little seasoning. Okay, a little slappy mama or something up on it. <laughs> no, look, Tony Satchel, she know how we do. Tony he, yo. Yo, Henry, you put a you put a thing on here. It's like how to tell if a tech person is providing useful information. Let's get to it. Look, hmm. boom, that was the next topic. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. I don't got my soundboard stuff up, but this is definitely worth gunshots. But if I had my So stuff, gunshots. Oh, I think I want to go with the biggie gunshots. You know what? I think I'm doing Larry June ad libs the rest of the rest of the podcast. So whenever I agree with something, I'm doing Larry June ad libs numbers. Anyway, so you know this this topic is is near and dear to me because I think that for somebody who's been doing tech for so long, um, I think that there are people who haven't been in tech a super long time. Who have some really useful information. Um, but I also think there are people who get into tech to sell information who sort of uh saturate the brand and make it like for for lack of a better term, piss poor. So I think that when you when you vet people who are in tech, I think that. Getting an idea of their experience is a really, really good. It's a really good indicator, right? So it's like, I can't tell you shit about software development. And if you look at my history, there's going to be nothing about my history that tells you about software development. Whereas you go to Rashad's page, right? You see software development history. So I think that the first thing that we can do is look at their history, vet them, look at their LinkedIn, look at their uh, 
Look at their resume. I am not opposed to asking for a mentor's resume. Like, what have you done? And again, De'Ara mentioned this super early in the podcast. Build a rapport, right? And then be like, hey, man, can I see your resume? Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to organize my resume, how to make my resume better. Can I see yours? And if you look at their resume and they're trying to tell you about software development or agile or DevOps or DevSecOps, which is a new popular term, and they've never done development, it's like I don't know if I'm looking to that person for DevOps. I'm gonna take it a Definitely. step back. Before you even start, come on, James Hard. We 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 touched we touched on this earlier. People need to research the free information that's out there. If you're looking at like advice for a certification, you need to be on that vendor's website, looking at what they say the certification covers. You need to be on YouTube. All of these big vendors have YouTube channels where they talk about their products for free. They talk yeah. about their products. They talk about their certifications. Cisco has monthly webinars, sometimes twice a month, on their different certifications. You need to be attending those events. You need to be looking at, you know, the vendor, the whatever, the certification of products website. You need to be on YouTube a day in the life of. You need to do all of this groundwork, and then that'll help you spot people who the math just don't be mathing. Like, it it just don't. Or you hear them, they're just regurgitating all the shit you just learned for free because you attended Vendor X's webinar. Or um, looked at, you know, they read the, the write-up for the certification. 100% and then you'll right. already, you already know, like, okay, you're just repackaging stuff. Cool. And then, like, to build a rapport with people... You can just like ask questions and, you know, ask a question on Twitter, see who answers, see who um, really dives into detail versus providing surface level information. It's a lot of people out here who have become influencers who are just providing surface level information. Like, where's the, where's, you know, where's the like meat and potatoes about it? Like, you're just saying, Oh, network engineering makes the internet run. And that's like all your content? Like, you, where's the rest of it? <laughs> what else are you doing? <laughs> no, but that's the big question, though. Like, what are you doing? What are you working on? Shot, I know you got some stuff to say on that. Man, <laughs> which is crazy because I've been watching Reese ever since I got into tech. And I already know she's all about networking. I didn't have to talk to her one time. She's probably never, I know she just started following me like last week or something, but so she probably never even heard of me until last week. <laughs> she probably didn't even know who I was, but it's all good. You know me now, but I've been following you. And like, that's like, dude, like the people that came before us, like Dewan Lightfoot, you know, like Kelsey. Shout Hightower. out to Dewan. Shout out to Dewan. Shout out to yeah. Lab Every Day. Like even uh the the IT career questions guy Zach, you know, mm-hmm. um network Chuck, you know, I used to watch all these guys back in the day. And mm-hmm. like that's like that's kind of how I, you know, knew which way to go and just, you know, figure things out. Like now we are 
like, you know, we're like the new group. You know what I'm saying? So we're like the people that are getting into tech now. Like we're like the the people that er, people are looking up to now. The grassy, the new generation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> everything's in the cloud now. Yeah, we only. Oh yeah, that was a funny cloud oh, no uh, tweet too. Oh, everything. Yeah, the no cloud. equipment. There's no equipment no. with the cloud at all. No, we're going we gonna network <laughs> through from home. When they tweeted that I came for Dear, it's like, oh, we, we just networking through Bluetooth now. Like Strange. I guess yeah. that's what we do it. Just all right, my bad. Look, we, we went on a rant, y'all. Hey, you guys, you guys. <laughs> I was just gonna touch on like the cloud is not a website. Just, I just wanna I just wanna point that out. The cloud is not just somebody's website. Because Lisa looks like she has something she wants to say. <laughs> uh, you not touching that? You oh, not no, no, she, she already did. No, no, I Lisa said, already. I, I said, what I, on that and I, I, said what I said and I meant what I said. Okay, networking. <laughs> Y'all talking about the cloud. Oh, it's the cloud. Um, <laughs> oh, what about what about SDNs? What about SDNs? Mm-hmm. SDNs are SDNs are gonna kill routing and switching. Somebody nope. replied that to my tweet, and I just stared at it for a very yeah, long time. Cisco partnered up. I'm just, I'm just like, they all Cisco, Cisco bought Meraki for absolutely no reason. I mean, <laughs> we we not gonna talk about that though. We 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 not gonna talk about that. I kind of seen the writing on the wall when I when I did my research about tech, and I was like, man, they. They're gonna let people have access to networking stuff, and you can only just pay for it. You know, uh, A Cloud Guru, they uh, got on the, they were doing their business on the free tier AWS for a year before they started paying. Well, so I'm gonna blow your mind. You know that GCP runs in a container. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it runs in a container. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Kubernetes. They manage they manage their entire infrastructure via Kubernetes. That yeah. shit's crazy to me. Do you want to do all that? You that know there are wild. switches with that run container. No, no, no. There are no Kubernetes switches. We do it all through Bluetooth and and. Yeah, okay. Who? What is it? Switches through, are obsolete. Y'all saw yeah. that. We do it all through NFTs Nobody and Bluetooth. Switches anymore. <laughs> we do it all through people... NFTs and Bluetooth. Like that's that's what it is. I think what people are confusing with that argument is that you're going to have less of these smaller like you're going to have less like IDFs in a building. It's going to be more centralized to like data centers, especially with people working from home. And the stuff that's on the the user facing side um, is going to be like your Meraki's and your, your, your software like run you're not gonna have to do cli it's all gonna be gui based but in the data center all of it's just it's just shifting like back and forth so we had a bunch of stuff um at the access layer and now we're pulling it back to just focus on the core layer which is your data center and the cloud but you're still gonna have people who have to manage the networks in those data centers for like every company like how you communicating how you, you still have data company run data centers. Um, there's still going to be stuff. That's you communicate from one cloud to the next cloud. Right. But I from mean, but dear, to, to your cloud. point, 
to your point, brain. even in even in the cloud, right? It's like somebody has to understand mm-hmm. networking, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's so. For example, you know, I create I create uh, global load balancers and firewalls all day, right, to make sure mm-hmm. that my apps can communicate with internal databases and external customers all day, right? Somebody got to manage that networking. Like I go to a network mm-hmm. engineer and say, "Hey, give me the subnet I can use." Give me the IP range that I can use. And, and, and I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day, but I was like, routing and switching is not the same as routers and switches. Mm-hmm. And that's a key point. Like, right. Routing and switching still has to be done by someone. Yep. Because packets, packets do shit that packets do. Period. We ain't got away from the OSI model like yet. It. Like Mm -hmm. those packets have to get because at the end of the day, computers are electronic signals passing electronic signals. So we still have to do that same OSI model architecture somewhere. So when I hear people just like, oh, you know, routing and switching is dying. I'm like, no, it ain't. What do you think your ISP does? It's not, it's, and and I don't, and I don't think a lot of people just focus on a lot of the big name companies out there, um, knowing that there are significantly more smaller uh, companies out there, smaller mid-sized companies that do not have the budget to go to complete cloud infrastructure. Everybody can't go cloud native. They cannot go cloud. And if you do work with a mid-sized company that does go, do does some form of semi-hybrid, if you want to put it, uh, they'll host like uh, OWA in the cloud. They'll have like O365. Mm-hmm. Maybe what about some, those VPCs? You what know, about- like a, they'll do AD, you know, they'll active directory, maybe they'll host it in the cloud. But a lot of times when they use it and they host it in the cloud, they also kind of have an on-prem server using mm-hmm. active directory while communicating the cloud. You know, so it's not and I think they're just they're they're so narrow minded because they just hear, oh, these are these buzzwords. Money. Oh, not to mention your SaaS yeah. provider is sitting in a data center somewhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your SaaS oh, provider is sitting in a data oh, center. Sense. So your Salesforce, your your PCI processor, your mm-hmm. your your SaaS provider is sitting in a data center somewhere. Oh, he pulled up a tweet. All right. So the rest of that, he dude actually or the person, there's an anonymous account. They responded back with, oh, well, if a company has money to maintain uh, physical network gear, how do they not have the money to migrate to the cloud? What the fuck what? do you think the cloud is? But the, the, okay. Do you not know? Do they not know that? Oh, yeah. There may be people with hybrid environments uh, that, that do host maybe majority of their stuff in the cloud. But do you know how much it costs to have a cloud firewall? Okay, no, forget that. Company get out. Okay. My my basic thing is get out. Get get out. Like if you if you believe in the cloud so bad, just get out. Get out of your building without any fucking networking hardware. Just get out. Just just try it. Try to get out. And a lot of companies can't. And and a company that I worked at previously, they had a lot of homegrown applications that just aren't cloud ready because they were built before the cloud was a thing. And their 90% of their business relies on these homegrown applications. And you got to decompose those. Yeah. yeah, And because it is a homegrown application, it can do so many things. 
and they just aren't products on the market that can that can compete with it. Mm. And because it's homegrown, it's not like they can say, all right, we're going to buy this application for this piece and then make it talk back to our homegrown application. Because either it doesn't work, it's going to take too much time to code it. So they're like, well, we still got to have a data center because we still got to run this application until something better comes along. Because we can poured 20 years. Do it years over Bluetooth. <laughs> we can do it over Bluetooth. We I don't know. What are you talking about? All I got to do is pull up my shit and pair it. No. <laughs> All I got to do is, oh, not the Web3. Oh, my God. No. I ain't drunk enough for that. Hang on. Look, we, this is funny. But let me get back on topic for the tech services thing real quick. Um, with this, is it is mixed feelings. Um, I used to say, hey, if they had been doing it for a certain amount of time, then kind of be, you know, probably be leery of them. But I'll say if they get actual results, then, okay, talk to some people that use them and, you know, probably be a little effort apprehensive just to make sure but i would say go for it but there are some people parading around all on tiktoks doing all type of stuff getting free bags from designer stores trying to act like they making money in tech and they making (laughs) they making career bosses i'm saying it because you put your link on my post and they ask you for that uh career bosses and they trying to give y'all advice and they never really they just I don't even know if they're a real recruiter, to be honest. I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a bean with you, because how you just be a recruiter and you ain't ever worked nowhere before. You just you a tech recruiter all of a sudden. I don't know. You wasn't uh, shooting at a gym, right? Was not um, shooting in the gym. So I say be wary of those people because they don't. They talk a good game, but they don't know enough. I would always yeah. advise maybe if you're looking for a career coach, look for somebody that's mid senior level. Probably got close to like 10 years in the game, maybe they have a little bit more experience and have been exposed a little bit more than um, the average new person, unless that new person did so many different things at a certain position. Like Rashad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you guys want to be honest, me, me and Rashad didn't even start off on the good foot. He seems, he said some, I said some of those tweet and we went back and forth for like a whole day just because I was just like, man, what are you talking about? But then, you know, he, he got on the, the the live stream and we cleared everything up. So, I mean, you know, it's good. And it's really only for me, it's the fact that not gatekeeping, but I know I worked hard to get where I'm at. And I also just don't want people to be duped and do some um, advice that doesn't make sense. And now they're mad or then they're giving all everybody else that's in tech flack. When it's kind of your fault that you didn't do your due diligence, but also I'm trying to stand up for the people I know that's actually putting in work. You know, you got people throwing shots at people for charging for boot camp services and stuff like that. I'm like, that take a lot of time and effort to put uh, together something very quality at a fraction of the cost of what you actually pay somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Where these schools are charging fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars, and somebody trying to charge you four thousand for a boot camp, and you want to complain. Or you want to be mad you ain't do everything in the boot camp and trying to say, you know, they scam. You know what, matter of fact, look, I'm going to put it on. Hey, on, hey, on can we, right can wait, can we talk about that, though? Yeah, let's talk, talk about, about that. that. <laughs> can we talk about people like, all right, so. How do you graduate from a, with a degree in computer science, but you still got to go to a boot camp? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I feel like we could talk about, like, 
people who damn I want to do this. Damn, I want to do this. Like I'm out of drink, so you're gonna have to do it. <laughs> people who have never worked in tech, but all of a sudden, I'm in tech is the buzzword, right? Like you and Rashad, you and Rashad had differences, right? Um me me and Rashad have like disagreed on how we feel about certification. Shit, on this live stream, we've disagreed about how we feel about certifications, right? But the thing that at, never gonna look at my black ass without a certification. The it thing, was. I mean, my black ass was putting in work. So I, I just want I just want to make it clear, and and this is not me contradicting. I worked in tech for seven years before I got my first certification. Yeah, you got in. You got uh, in. And, but again. I started in 2007. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But I, I think that we really have to shit. I don't want to say we have to start like I want to say we have to start keeping people out, but we have to really vet these people who say they work in tech. Cause some of these people, their only I job in tech, in tech is it's promoting right. working in tech. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that the, hey, I work in tech, but then they don't do anything technical. It's like, what is your job? Your job or is promoting working in tech. So it's like, oh, yeah, like you can make this career switch to technology. I've never worked in it, but I got the rule book for you making the switch to technology. I got the rule book for you. I was going to use the word rehab, but I'm not. So, you know what I'm saying? Bam, 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 bam. DeMarco. I got the <laughs> smack. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the rule book for you, for you redoing your career to get into technology, but I've never worked in tech. And I think it's this thing where it's like, and this hey, is probably light. where I get, this is probably where I get called a gatekeeper, right? My definition of working in tech is very narrow. Uh, and, and Deara and Lise can comment on this. I come from networking. I come from help desk. I come from SecOps. I come from dev. Like I come from like things that require some sort of technical knowledge is working in tech. You working in legal for a tech company. I, I don't know if I can consider that tech. I, I, I mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard for me, right? Because I'm still trying to figure out like i don't want to be one of those people who 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 hold people back but it's also just like yo you don't work in tech I, I made a tweet the other day that was just like yo maybe we should just start talking about tech for real and maybe we'll weed these people out it's, you know everybody was tweeting so. about log4j but it's like no i need to see previous tweets for java before you talk about log4j like maybe maybe the only thing i've ever seen you tweet about tech is about tech money and not mm -hmm. actual tech work maybe so I'm, I'm just saying for me my definition of tech is and i don't want to confuse people when i say tech support but roles that support technologists yes and technologists. There, that, and I was, so I was thinking the same way too. Yeah, so like roles that support technologists, the project managers, because let's be clear, tech project management is different from project management in other industries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you got your salespeople, you got your people who do all the back work on our, the systems we support. So your JIRA people, your Salesforce people, those people who support the technologists. And then you have the technologists. To me, if you, and I'll, and I'll throw tech recruiters in there too, because being a good tech recruiter, you have to understand kind of what you're talking about. And hopefully you got some tech people supporting you. Um, but like you said, like, I, I don't want to say legal because I do believe there is, and it's a growing field, there is tech law. And there are laws and policies that are only specific to tech companies. And I think we're going to see that grow a lot quicker. Um, but like, if you're the, if you're an accountant at a tech company, you work in accounting. Yeah. Your industry is accounting. And I think they, they, people are twisting fintech, but financial technology is the technology that supports finances. It doesn't mean that if you're an accountant at Facebook, you're in fintech. No, you're, you're in accounting. You're in finance. That's what you, that's your industry. And that's fine. You can say, I, you know, I'm an accountant at Facebook. For sure. Or, like you, you do marketing and there is a lane for technical marketing where people study tech products and then go sell them with their sales engineers. But if you're just responsible for promoting Facebook, you're just a mark, you're a marketer and that's a lane. That's a very lucrative lane. I just don't understand why like people deviated from just, Oh yeah, I work in tech. No, you don't. You're an accountant. And it took me a cook. Like, so with that, like, uh, I know when I was before I even tried to even work on some type of social media platform, for example, um, like you said, my my view of what tech was was very narrow. Uh, I only knew the people that I worked with, worked around uh, the companies that I worked with, and like you said, I was sitting here in my mind trying to figure out, I don't want to say support, but it's, they're supporting the tech, exactly like you said. And I consider, I, I considered um, like those people, okay, hey, yeah, you can be technical in, in the sense as well. Uh, until I got to social media and tried to start building a social media platform, I didn't. I started realizing that people started (laughs) really trying to say they're in tech. But for some reason, I could not figure out what was so technical about their job. Even though I know that like things are uh, progressing and they're changing and uh, technology is changing and it is constantly an evolving uh, topic and, and, and everything. And yeah, maybe someone is technical not with physical equipment, but with cloud infrastructure, for example, running on the GUI. You're not physically touching anything, but does that really make you less technical? And but from my point of view, how I grew up, so like I or grew up <laughs> in in tech, I have about 10 years of experience, and predominantly all of my experience has been working with technical people that deal with physical equipment. So as technology was going on, I started learning more and more and more and more <laughs> about it. I realized that there are other sides to it. 
I don't necessarily think that an accountant should be saying they're in tech or if someone. And I would only say <laughs> accountant probably only say that if they are actually doing like GRC stuff, IT auditing and, and other stuff, then they would be in tech for sure. I can mm-hmm. see that. But, mm-hmm. but because accountants, accountants are who do the auditing in mm-hmm. GRC accountants are who you work with. Yeah. But if they're not that, they're just uh, an accountant they're that works at a, a company. company. But and to Lisa's point, else. I mean, I think that part of the reason why we see so much of the drama and so much of the, you know, BS um, is because we we've this this the term tech or black in tech has become so all encompassing. Right. Where it's just like, no, nah, like for real, those of us. There are those of us, and I'm not, and I promise I'm not trying to like keep people out or say, oh, you're not in tech because of this or you're not in tech because of that. Because I'm one of those people. Y'all know how people get on social media and talk about the old guard and the old curmudgeon and all these people who I'm them. I'm them. I started in 2007. You know what I'm saying? So I'm one of those people who, when people talk about like, oh, all these old people who think tech is so traditional and like, tech is this and that i'm one of those people who people are talking about because for me tech is engineers devs and finance sales and maybe project managers you know what i mean but i think that at a certain point it's just like some of these people are leading people the wrong way i think that we've We've gotten to a point where it's like people say tech where what they really mean is I use a computer at work. They absolutely know what they mean. Like last year, a lot of this stuff blew up last year because yes, it did. you had all these people and rightfully so I'm not bashing them who were like, hey, you know, there's a pandemic. You can't work. You're trying to, you know, here's my tech. And this is a whole <laughs> other conversation, but here's. The luxurious lifestyle tech has afforded me. And people saw that and they're in a moment of desperation. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people were just like scared shitless, like crap. I still have to go to work out here in these streets with COVID. I no, I don't want to do this no more. So they started so I, looking for something. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to ask the viewers. I'm like, hey, put this in the chat because... This now, granted, everybody is busy, but this is looking like it needs to be once every two Wednesdays, every three Wednesdays. But it's looking like you know that this could be something that people could look forward to, like every three weeks or once a month. I don't know, but if y'all want to see this panel or different panels where we talk about all this stuff like once a month, like let me know in the chat and we can we can work on that. Um, because yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it myself. I'm just sitting back, you know, but you oh, can no, this is good. This but is like, good. Yeah, so last year you had all these people who were desperate and saw tech as a way out, which it absolutely can be. So you had a flood of people who flooded Twitter and were like, yo, you know, put me on. How do I get into tech? So with all of that desperation, then comes the opportunity. And it's not just opportunity for money. It's people just want attention. People like being worshipped. People like having a cult-like following. So... They sat back and they watched and took notes and then showed up three months later and started regurgitating the same information. Mm-hmm. And people gravitated towards it because they're just trying. They're just desperate. They want to know what search I got to get. 
you know, who can, you know, who can do my resume? You got people who have never done a resume ever before. Now they just making up jobs for people. And all of this information is like, you know, people lying on their resume, people saying they're senior and they just got started. And all of this stuff is flooding the market and flooding these jobs. And now stuff is making it more difficult for people to get in and giving companies excuses to continue gatekeeping. Yeah. Yo, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, uh, I'm sorry. I caught this person line. Emmanuel, project managers, IT project managers are absolutely people who work in tech. Like IT project managers understand the SDLC, which is for us in security is the secure development life cycle. They understand it to a T and they make sure that security is baked in, not bolted on. Project managers are absolutely technical people. Every project manager I know has worked a help desk has worked a development job, has worked an engineering job. I don't know a single project manager in IT that hasn't worked some sort of hands-on technical role. I think what we're saying is that there are people whose technical expertise comes from selling technical expertise. And that is mm-hmm. the problem that I have. You got people like Lee, Rashad, Yeah, me, all of us, everybody on this thing. If I sell you something, it's because I know it works. So if I, if I try to sell you, if I try to sell you the incidents response process, it's because I've been through five breaches in my life and exactly five because I know how many I've been through. Uh, if I try to sell you some sort of, yeah, Rashad, if he tries to sell you some of the cloud, never me, his, me, his world sort of collide because I'm cloud security. He's cloud infrastructure. Like if we try to sell you something, it's going to be because we understand, like, I understand that if I'm if I'm trying to set up a cube container, that I know how to secure that cube container because I've secured a cube container before. It's not because I read a book and I can tell you, oh, this is how, you, this is how the book says you can secure a cube container. I think the problem is we've seen an influx, to De'Ara's point, we've seen an influx of people who look at the remote lifestyle of... You know what? I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Tech makes a lot of money. TikTok culture. We've seen a we've seen an influx of people who want to be associated with tech so that they can sell you some service that sort of masquerades itself as a, a, a false masquerades itself with a false pretense that it's gonna move you forward in your career. When the truth is. They're regurgitating information that, God, I hate to say this. They're regurgitating information that they were willing to Google that you weren't. Yep. They were willing to, they recognize that there's a a market of people who just don't want to do the research. So don't forget that they are. Guaranteed make six figures in Guaranteed. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yo, yo, (laughs) Henry. Did we not have this conversation on Twitter a few months ago about like the whole guaranteed six figures? Y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something. From a security perspective, I'm about to blow the game wide open. Entry level SOC analyst salary is seventy five to eighty five thousand dollars a year. You will not make six figures. Oh, oh, entry level not. Period. Even less. Okay. Mm-hmm. Period. You will not make six figures. Fifty k. You will yep. not make. I don't give a fuck where you. Oh, if you, if you only want to learn one thing, you're not gonna make six figures. Yep. Let me tell you something. I didn't make my first six figures until I knew networking, 
programming, cybersecurity, and cloud. I I'm going to just keep it a book. And, and again, I started at a different time, right? I started at a time where it's like network engineer was not a title. Sys admin was not a title. Hey, yes. <laughs> you, do you you kill me? Toronto, the video. Yo, stop playing with me. When I started, you were when I started, you were the IT guy. Full stop. Yep. There was no network engineer. There was no systems engineer. There was no security engineer. There was no developer. You were the IT guy. Full stop. You had to do networking system. I remember having to go in. Build a server, build an exchange server, and then once I built the exchange server, configure MPLS to to communicate that exchange server from one location to another. And then after I configure MPLS, then having to go create the firewall rules that allow one location to talk to another, right? And then having to take calls in the ticketing system for people signing to exchange. And made me laugh, made me think MPLS is dead. So I, 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 so you know, I I come from a different time. So I'm very skeptic to say what happens now. Like sometimes my students come to me and say, "Oh, how do I get into tech right now?" Or, or how did you do it? And I'm like, "Yo, I can't really, I can't really tell you how I did it. Like I can't because it's different. Like you, you like uh, okay." Cliche, I'm about to drop a big ass cliche. I got into tech because I knew HTML. I learned HTML because I wanted to pop an ass MySpace. That's how I got into tech. <laughs> I worked at I worked at my college bookstore and it was like, hey, we want to we want to create a website. And I was like, I know HTML. Mm-hmm. That is how my I so for anybody that doesn't know, for anybody who hasn't watched the podcast, I'm a formally trained teacher. I went to school to be an English teacher. I'm a self-taught tech. I learned this shit because I wanted to pop an ass MySpace page because of this girl. Um, I'm not going to say her name because I still know her and she's absolutely amazing. But I wanted to impress her. Uh, she's not impressed. She's married. She got two kids right now. They're absolutely beautiful. She was not impressed at all. But um, <laughs> I wanted to impress her. She live in D.C., y'all. Like She, she curved the hell out of me. Anyway. I wanted to impress her. It did not work, but that's how I got into tech. And so I think that first of all, we have to rein in this, this idea about tech being tech can absolutely change your life. It can absolutely uh, transfigure your entire social stratification system. But at the end of the day, the thing we don't talk about is the work you have to put in. We Mm -hmm. don't talk about the three and four hours we sit and study fucking Dude, I studied cloud containers, securing containers for two hours today. It's not try hack me. It's not these cool things that you do. It's not the advent of cyber. It's not any of that. It is literally me sitting there reading like I I studied APIs for two hours yesterday. Because I try to study two hours a day. I had to learn APIs. I wanted to know how. I want to know how Google services interact with my current network. Nobody's talking about that. All we're talking about is, oh, get into tech. It's so easy. Let's go get this certification. Do we have to learn so much? Yeah, now. You got to learn stuff that doesn't even pertain 
to mm, your job because it could tie into what you need to look into. And well, I, also I, like, I also think you gotta leave. Um, like as me and E talking. Oh my say something, Lisa. You said something, Lisa. Oh, you, gotta, you, say? you gotta let her say that. You gotta let her say that. <laughs> no, you, you gotta, gotta say that. Any, you gotta say that. Phrase, I didn't. I didn't reach six figures until I left, and I had to go through maybe three positions, four positions, and each position was like a 10, 15 k pay raise. Mm-hmm. So you can stay at a place for a year to learn. Y'all gotta be y'all grind though. Like seriously. And inflation is what? Inflation is what? AK? I think so. Eight thousand, eight, eight yeah. or nine thousand. So you really only I'm not gonna get into I'm not gonna get into economics. <laughs> we'll, 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 move on, we'll move off that. But people people get stuck and they're wondering, I'm not making six figures, but they've been with the same company for 10 years. I understand mm-hmm. longevity. Blah, 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 blah. I think that was the case years ago. I think longevity mattered years ago and this is like in my parents time too when they was working in the 60s 70s all that stuff I think that's when it mattered longevity I have never uh, been looked down upon with my resume if I have six months at a company one year at a company nobody looked down on me for nothing that's the contract I just don't want that Mm -hmm. to, to keep people make it seem like well if I leave this company, I won't find nothing. If you leave that company, baby, you could probably find a 2025 k race doing yep. the exact thing that you're doing. Or less. some people get comfortable, they get complacent. You cannot grow if you are comfortable. Yeah. Like point blank, period. You got to dip. You got to be out. Or sometimes you have to leave the job to to get the experience and what you've been mm-hmm. practicing for. So say you just got an AWS certification, but you're at the help desk. You know, you may be applying for these cloud positions at this company, but they're not giving them to you. Mm-hmm. You gotta leave. Mm-hmm. You gotta leave. I currently, I, I, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I've learned so much. I have been in looking for another position for months, and I've been trying to find a position that because I just don't feel as my current position uh, necessarily gives me the opportunity to work on certain sides of the network that I want to learn more about. So what did I do? I went on and I found places that would give me. That's that coaching side though. That's that, that's that having a coach Um, to Rashad's point. um, When I was working as a network engineer, I kept, they kept trying to promote me to a higher network engineer. Dude, it took me three years. Okay. So I want, I want to say this to anybody that's anybody that's discouraged, right? I worked in, I worked the help desk for three years or no, I worked retail computing for three years. Then I worked the help desk for three years. Then I worked network. I worked as a network analyst for two years. Then I worked as a network administrator for two years. Then I worked as a network engineer for three years. Right. That's, that was my path. And then I tried to apply for a fucking sock analyst position, got an interview and they was like, Oh, you don't have enough experience. Like you don't have enough experience, and I was like, "Fuck you talking to, like, like who who are you talking to?" And so then when I got a job, they kept trying to promote me to networking. So so one manager was like, "Yo, you got a ton of networking experience, but you don't have enough systems administration experience. You don't know enough about patching. You don't know enough about server side. You don't know enough about logging." So I started. I got a job as a systems analyst, but. 
This was because I didn't have a coach. I took an $8,000 pay raise to get a job as a system analyst because somebody told me that that's what I needed to do. I didn't have a coach. So I took a job. So now I did that for six years. So now I got over 10 years of networking experience, six years of systems administration experience. Then I was like, all right, now I'm ready for cybersecurity. Guess what? You don't have enough experience. And I was just like, what the hell do I need to do? But this is where people are always like, oh, why are you charging for coaching? I went and paid a coach that was like, hey, you're not writing this on your resume the right way. You're not promoting your experience. You're not you're not highlighting what you do. You know, you're not highlighting what you do to make what you know, to to to, to really appeal to someone. I appeal to someone and. To Rashad's point, I had a job. I was working as a sysadmin. I went to the security team and was like, hey, I know all about patching. I do all of y'all WSUS. I do all of y'all threat intel, blah, blah, blah. I got all of it, right? I know I know all of it. And the manager uh, was lucky enough to be one of those people who would give me information for free. He was like, hey, look, man, I'm not going to have headcount for another two fiscal years. Period. Full stop. I'm not going to have headcount for another two fiscal years. You can go somewhere else. And make this amount of money. He referred me to somebody else, and I went there. That's a real got, one. And I, got, you know, he was a real one. Mike Michael Dennis at Red Lobster. He's the info, information security manager. I'm going to say his name because he's one of the greatest professionals that I know. Not not just cybersecurity practitioners, but he's one of the greatest information technology professionals that I know. Michael Dennis yeah, at Red Lobster. Hit his LinkedIn up. Tell him Eric Thomas said he, he worked for Red Lobster. He worked for Red Lobster. Okay. He's no, it's funny because I seen a dude uh, in my connections where somebody I probably should connect with. He does, I think he does something with the cloud for McDonald's. So I was like, interesting. Yeah, no, hey, hey, yo, like these, these food services company, a lot of them are moving cloud native. So anybody who's interested in the cloud, Rashad, tell them, tell them. I know you got it. I already know you got it. Look, just go on LinkedIn. Right, just go on LinkedIn jobs right now and just type in AWS and and, and tell Nothing me how many results you tell me how many results you come up with. Should be so, two hundred. Should be two hundred thousand something. I don't know. So Harry, you know me. Me and Rashad beef about this all the time. I'm a GCP nigga, <laughs> but we we beef about this all the time. I prefer GCP. Rashad prefers AWS. But, but, well, now you got to be you got to be multi cloud now. But the thing is, it's another thing too. Like. Technology is moving so quick now. So, you know, what I was able to tell somebody, you know, uh, a couple of years ago or a year ago, like, hey, just learn AWS and, you know, you'll be all right. Or just learn this and you'll be all right. Now it's like, nah, man, you got to learn AWS. You got to learn Azure. You got to learn GCP. You got to know Linux. You got to, like, you got to know how to learn multiple things at one time. It, it may not make sense to you, but... It's all gonna make sense in the end. Like if you keep if you keep it up, it's all gonna make sense in the end. Like, right. And I was gonna add in while y'all said GCP and AWS. I'm actually finna go on this uh, Azure journey. I, I think the name is just more interesting out of two to me. Yeah, anyway. Azure's gonna pick up a lot of business because of these AWS outages. That and honestly, when I was playing with uh, Azure, I set up like a VM for something. I was like, man, this is just as simple as AWS. Oh yeah, and um, the fact that you can um, 
they'll let you set up like as your sentinel and all that stuff just through their stuff it's like perfect you know if you want to just start doing your own training or something that because it's hard to even the i mean you can do open source stuff but i feel like give it some time sentinel is probably going to be a good player in that uh sim space i think i i think it's a matter of you know what you want to do. I, I I often tell people that GCP was built for developers and DevOps. That's what it was built for. Um, Azure was built for systems engineers and network engineers, and AWS sits somewhere in the middle, right? It sits it sits in the middle for AWS encompasses a lot of the learning, whereas GCP is mostly Dev, right? Uh, there's a there's a really really good site. Uh, I want everybody to Google it who's in, interested in GCP. It's called GCP in four words or less, where it explains all of their services in four words or less. GCP was built for developers. GCP was for built for people who want to develop applications and deploy them really really quickly. Uh, AW uh, or Azure was built for those MCSAs and MCSEs. Some of y'all may not know what the hell that is, but MCSAs and MCSEs who are moving to the cloud. AWS sits somewhere in the middle, right? It's for, wait, <laughs> he said Log4j is killing it, killing the open source game. We we got to talk about Log4j, bro. For a, uh, Henry, for the, for the security folks, we got to talk about that at some point. But, um, Elk stack. <laughs> dude, mm-hmm. Java runs on billions of devices. Anyway, um, <laughs> So I, a lot of times, and this is where kind of me and Rashad sort of split. I do think cloud is the future. I do think cloud is the future. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think that there are underlying security principles such as uh, incidents response, such as threat hunting, such as threat modeling that are going to be around no matter what the infrastructure looks like. Right. So. When we think of cloud, right? Cloud moves from the, the, the idea of security. And I know this isn't a security, security live stream, so I won't get too deep into it, but cloud moves from the, the, the defense point being the perimeter to identity and access management, right? Um, so I think we, we, but we can apply those same principles. Like there are principles within cybersecurity that will never change. Least prince, least privilege will never change. Need to know will never change. CIA will never change. You know, so I think that we can still apply those things. And so I don't think you have to get rid of the knowledge that you have. We just have to continue to build on it. Um, like I said, right. I studied teaching like and Legos. pedagogy. Yeah, yeah, and, and pedagogy tells us we have a thing called. Well, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. What is pedagogy? Pedagogy is basically the study of how to teach, how to educate. Got you. Uh, pedagogy tells us that we have a thing called scaffolding. It's a it's a it's a fundamental pedagogy principle, whereas we build on prior knowledge. Right. So I'll give you an example. All of us have been all of us have experienced pedagogy. So you learned how to write letters when you were at a certain age. Right. And then you took those letters and you learn how to form words. But. I didn't have to teach you to write letters to teach you how to form words. And you took those and then we words from the words to sentences and then sentences. And then when you took those sentences, you learn how to write narratives. 
And that's what pedagogy is. It's about scaffolding and stacking on top of what you know. So to De'Ara's point, networking ain't going Can I hop in there real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Because I tweeted something a while back. People tried to drag me when I said, you need to master the fundamentals of your role. Ooh, now we're getting into it. And people try to say, oh, that's gatekeeping language. It was during that week where everybody was just like, it was drag the air week on Twitter for some reason. Um, um, and people aren't, and I've been guilty of this too, um, specifically with routing, because I don't have a lot of routing experience. Just I haven't worked in companies that did a lot of routing. That's about to change. But so I forgot what I learned. Like I knew enough to make my way, you know, to troubleshoot something. But I had to go back and revisit that. And people was just like, no, you know, that's just something people say, the old tech people say. Like, no, all of this stuff builds upon each other. Like a lot of SD way and stuff is these old technologies running underneath. And if you don't Mar-a-C's know them, was written in the eighties. Right. Like you, you, you trying to, you talk about, you know, I don't need to know command line no more, but you're trying to automate BGP, yes, you do. but you don't know the command line. And now you done like messed up your network. Cause you ran some crazy ass automation command that fucked everything up. Like terraform anybody. Master, master <laughs> the fundamentals. <laughs> Yo, you know what though, Henry? To De'Ara's point, what did we say about help desk? Like, like a few weeks ago, where it's like, I still use PowerShell scripts and command line scripts, fucking bash scripts that I wrote in 2016, 15, 15, 16. You have to learn the fundamentals. To to Rashad's point. With command line, it's like, oh, you don't think you need to know Cisco iOS? Well, maybe not, but what do you think you're doing with Terraform? What do you think you're doing with Jenkins or Puppet or Chef or uh, Ansible? Ansible, any of these things. Um, I don't know, man. We I, I think we have to we have to get to a point where we're just honest about tech. Um, and we are and we are we're communicating with each other. One of the things I love about our network, there was a tweet today where it's like, "Who are you? Who are you? Who are you um, appreciative of in 2021?" It's like, you know, I got people like Diera who like keep me up on my networking stuff. Like, as a security professional, a little bit of my networking slips. Like, I'm not doing, you know, all of the networking. Stuff. Too. I'm not Man, doing man. all the networking stuff. Uh, the cloud stuff. If it weren't for Rashad, I wouldn't know about half of the cloud technologies that I know about coming down the pipeline. Cause, yeah. cause then Rashad will talk about something and then somebody will come to my, uh, come to, come to me at my desk like, Hey man, I need you to, um, I need you to write a secure baseline for this Terraform thing. And I'm just like, let me, let me message Rashad real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what's a good Terraform book? You know, uh, I, I think that's the, you know, to, to bring it full circle. That's one of the, oh hold on I got that same book bro I got that same book I'm not gonna get up and get it I got that same book Terraform up and running boy I don't like it because all the examples all the examples are AWS bro like all their examples are AWS we'll talk about that another time but um I think that to bring it full circle I think that we have to still depend on each other as a community 
right? Like we have to still reach out to each other and rely on each other. And that's one of the things I miss about tech Twitter is that I used to go on tech Twitter and be like, hey, I'm trying to figure out X, Y, Z. Who can help? And I would get a million responses with straight commands be like running. Tech Twitter was almost better than Stack Exchange. Like, because you would get that real-time response of like, this is what I'm dealing with. And we saw it with Log4J, right? Every Everybody in the cybersecurity Twitter community. Twitter and Reddit. Everybody mm-hmm. was tweeting about it. There was a GitHub. There was a GitHub of real-time IP addresses for C2 servers for Log4J. And I know Henry depended on it. We were, as a security community, we were looking at that. Like, here's threat intel. So I think we just have to, we have to, to De'Ara's point, we have to learn from each other and we have to continue learning. We can never get to the point where it's like, I know everything and now I can sell it or now I can teach it. We got to be like, nah, like, Rashad know more about cloud than I know about. You know? And um, I'm going to say this. (laughs) <laughs> I was at this last point, and we're gonna get into this last topic, so we can kind of wrap it up. Um, the girls are starting to wake up, <laughs> but uh, to all those points, I will say, you know, y'all are absolutely right with everything. I think, I don't know. I think eventually, given time, you know, they used to saying, "Give people enough rope, they'll hang themselves." Um, I think that's what's going to eventually happen um, mm-hmm. because you'll be able to see the real. When you, when you interact with them, whatever they talk about, they'll give you specific things. Just like you said, you know, you're the person. If you don't know about this, I'm going to tell somebody go this. Like, I talk to a client today. They want to get in DevOps. I'm going to tell them, hey, if they're not already talking to Rashad, because they told me they, they're working with somebody I know, I was like, hey, get at him. He knows about Kubernetes now and all that. I don't. <laughs> I know how to guide you to the right thing. Um, even when, you know, the client told me, like, somebody's working on their resume, I wasn't tripping. You know, my my really my MO is to say, OK, boom, let's just get you to where you're trying to go because you don't like where you're currently at. That's that's all I really care about. So and I'll come on this next one. It's like, how do we feel about 2022 in terms of jobs, outlook, et cetera? I think it'll be just like 2021. I think it may be a repeat of 2021. But all, I, for some reason, everybody everywhere is sick with COVID right now again. And we don't they don't know what variant people have. We don't know if it's a new variant coming out. I wouldn't be shocked if people still ain't got to come back to the office. Because my whole deal about the going to office thing is, why am I? Why are some of y'all trying to force us to go into office? Are you going to have us? Um, no, cause I'm not back yet. So that's kind of like my calling card. So I'm like, technically, I can't go because their requirements that you got to be fully vaccinated to be office. So right now, I'm like, I'm not for what? I don't. Even, they already said the the vax don't even help against this new yeah. strand. Yeah, so I'm just I, like, what's the point? And then if I even do get it, get the booster, you still got to test me all the time. I don't want to be tested every time I come to work. Fam, just let me stay at home and do what I'm doing. I ain't no reason I even need to be there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I get it. Oh, y'all spent this fancy yeah. stuff to to have nice places. But at the end of the day. You look at the numbers. You know, they're still doing numbers. Listen, they can't even get people to wash their hands when they go to the bathrooms. What they think going to happen to this? Like. <laughs> That's I was just how make I feel a comment, but I'm gonna hold it to myself. <laughs> I'm, I see it all the time, bro. I be in the gas station. I'm like, fam, you really just—that's what you're doing. You know, that's I see it in restaurants. Eat. People ain't even washing their hands before they eat. Um, my my career outlook for 2022, I see. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a comment strictly from a cybersecurity perspective. 
Um, I see uh, attacks on uh, the quote unquote perimeter happening more frequently. Um, I see the buzzword zero trust being used more. I see the idea of zero trust as in we trust you. We don't trust your credentials uh, becoming more and more of a standpoint. Um, I see VPNs uh, becoming less and less common. Uh, and uh, from a job standpoint, I see there being more jobs. Uh, he said buy stocks in EDR companies like Sentinel and CrowdStrike. Yes. Um, I see EDR becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, and finally, damn, I, I hate to say this. This isn't a cybersecurity podcast, but ransomware, ransomware. Yep. I see it picking up. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, ransomware and Bitcoin mining. Um, I see miners and ransomware becoming more pervasive throughout more and more networks. Uh, I see us having to be more vigilant and us having to, yeah, I, yeah. we we won't get rid of ransomware until we get, <laughs> I, so, I sound like a sales pitch, but until we get rid of passwords, we won't get rid of ransomware. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, honestly, it's a little job security. Mi- I mean, Microsoft, they don't use passwords at Microsoft. Yeah, no, we, I'm not going to get into that. Rashad, you trying to bait me. <laughs> trying to make me into a passwordless argument because you know I'll get on that. Like, yeah, passwords are trash. Anyway, all right, next question. So, what they use? Smart cards? Uh, biometrics. Uh, biometrics. Yeah. Yeah, biometrics. So, um, yeah, my cousin was down here for the holiday. She does corporate counsel uh, law at Microsoft, and yeah, biometric. So. But what I see, like the trends in 2022, from what I'm seeing, um, you take know, a shot every time Rashad say cloud. <laughs> I, I shouldn't even have to say cloud no more. Like, like no, we should have nobody, him take a shot just for that Dallas shirt. <laughs> nobody knew what the cloud was when I was at the help desk getting them cloud certs, but they know what it is now. So I shouldn't have to say that. The writing's on the wall now. I know they um, hit you up like, hey, I see what you're doing, big money. <laughs> Hey, when I started seeing um, when I started seeing AWS um, and those uh, Azure for help desk positions, I already knew. When I was reading, looking at the job description, I'm like, oh, okay, they're starting they're starting to you know get down to the help desk with these AWS and Azure stuff. So yeah, they, even if you're going to the help desk, you're gonna have to know that stuff anyway. So you might as well learn it. Um, but as far as engineering goes, um, Kubernetes is definitely gonna take over. Um, uh, learn AWS, EKS, um, Azure, AKS, and Google GKE. Um, those three services are going to be huge as companies containerize a lot of these applications and break them up into microservices and, you know, orchestrate them with Kubernetes and Terraform and, um, security. Definitely. I, I think, I think a, a, a lot of job titles are starting to get merged. Um, together. <laughs> so, you know, which is weird. I got hired, you know, at my company as a senior software engineer, but on the project I'm on, I'm a DevOps lead, but the project that we're working on is a DevSecOps project. So it's almost like I'm doing a little bit of cloud engineering. I'm doing a little bit of DevOps. 
I'm doing a little bit of DevSecOps, um, you know, a little bit of software engineering, a little bit of software development. I mean, so, I mean, if you if you can be have a basic foundation and, you know, those technologies and at least be good at one programming language, you know, Python, preferably, but um, like, that's your choice, you know, what you want to go with, depending on where you where are you trying to go in. But I think Python, you know, is a good one. But other than that, Kubernetes is, is going to rule a nation. And then securing Kubernetes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Can you go home. It's all about microservices now. Mm-hmm. So cloud security. I, I always thought like having a security plus the cloud certification and knowing networking, like you should be you should be good. Um, the re- the re- everything else you can pretty much pick up on the job, depending on what because every company is gonna use different technology. Some companies use that red hat open shift. I know that platform is real big, um, but I haven't messed with Red Hat OpenShift in production yet, so I don't know what they're doing with it. But yeah, I think you're going to have to learn more than one thing, but I think um, tech is moving fast this year, next year. It's going to continue moving fast. I don't want everybody to get distracted, though, from this, this Web3 thing. I think a lot of people are going to get distracted with this Web3 mm-hmm. And that's, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, the new sunny thing. It's like, you know, okay, nobody care about the cloud. Space on it every day. Yeah, now the cloud is here. Everybody's like, oh, cloud, cloud, cloud. All right, now Web3. Now everybody's going to be Web3. Let me make an NFT. Like, let's just focus on, <laughs> you know, let's focus on one thing and, you know, get your get in there. Like, get in the tech first. Like, let's get in the tech, you know. Yeah, I keep on saying Web3, and I'm thinking about Mo3. Yeah, we haven't we haven't figured out Web two yet. <laughs> Dio, go ahead and go. Yeah, I was just gonna pretty much echo that. Like for networking, pretty much very similar to cloud and security. Um, something I'm not seeing a lot of people talk about is um, network segmentation and micro segmentation. Um, I think that's going to be pretty, pretty big, um, especially like with ransomware. That is one of the best ways to kind of like minimize the impact on your network is having it properly segmented. And as we, you know, scale up to the cloud, micro segmentation and making sure stuff is only talking to what it absolutely needs to talk to. Um, and then outside of that automation. Um, so Cisco's really pushing their DevNet stuff. I haven't seen too much use in the field right now, um, particularly with smaller networks, but I think that's going to change, especially now that, you know, remote work seems like it's going to be a thing, like it's here. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I think you'll see a lot of companies concede and just say, oh, we're going to be remote, remote workforce now. Um, and of course you need a lot of backend infrastructure to support that. So I think we'll see, um, more medium to smaller size companies adopting some level of automation as they go remote full time. I would add the same thing. Like I see every, I see networking being more valuable, 
cloud, of course, security, because people are at home. And when everybody went remote the last year, I know companies probably didn't account for that. And they ran into all different issues. Like, man, listen, these companies will be thinking like it will only make sense to force everybody use one type of VPN to get in so you can track things a little better. They aren't doing that. It's a whole bunch of other stuff. It's it's gonna be jobs. Look to specialize. Like I'm looking to actually specialize in service now. Actually, what a security portion. I'm looking to specialize in that next year. So that way I could be something I can just add into my tool belt. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I can help y'all with this. I can implement that. Cause that's what I just got certified in. That's you know, something I'm working on. But um and I'm I think I'm working on CISSP, uh I try to throw some spunk in there. I don't know, man. It's a lot of crap I want to do, honestly, to tell you the truth, without going on the soapbox. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put this one. Go ahead. What kind of technologies are you seeing at your at your company? As far as what they're doing, a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff. And uh, I mean, I feel like when they started, I'm just me, Lucy speaking. Maybe they didn't have a lot of direction, so I'm seeing a whole bunch of different things. Whereas some of the stuff could have been cut down to kind of make it easier to figure out issues. That's that's what I'm seeing. I'll probably end up seeing more because it's been so slow. And with Log4J happening, like with me being new, I really have just been doing a lot of trainings and sending the meetings and doing the stuff that me and E talked about in the last podcast, you know, uh, to get ahead. Like I've already got some good feedback. I have my manager. We have like one on ones like every Friday. And um, he said, you know, I got some good feedback on me. So that's all I'm concerned about. As long as I'm looking good, smelling good, getting paid good, I'm good for now. But, you know, it's always room for improvement. Always room to, to go somewhere else if they're going to pay you more. Because my philosophy is don't leave money on the table because it ain't going to be there three years later when you're looking for it. That's just me. I had to tell, you know, the, I guess you would call them the boomers. I had to tell them that my mom and them that they don't really understand. They came from that work somewhere 15 years culture i'm like that's dead no. <laughs> uh, not at all let me see we're gonna touch on this last thing and then i'll just make shout outs to everybody and tell you where you can follow that uh he says can you spend on a vpn being a less common thing i heard that people are removing the vpn but i'm not getting it uh yeah i can i can expand on that from a security standpoint so uh, the, the thing about the VPN was uh, a focus on the perimeter, right? So uh, the idea of a VPN was to get users to the perimeter so that we could get them into a network that we managed. Well, with SaaS and with cloud and with things like that, um, we are seeing not necessarily uh, an erasure of the VPN, but we're seeing an erasure of the perimeter, which means that uh, we could take a user from their uh, their location through the internet, which because of technologies like HTTPS and TLS 3.1, we can take them through the internet up to our instance. And because of cloud providers like AWS and Google and Azure, we can encrypt that traffic in a different way. So we don't necessarily need to build a tunnel through the internet. Uh, we can encrypt from endpoint to uh, to whatever provider that we're that that we're using. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have a hardware device or we're not utilizing technologies like Cloudflare or Cisco or things like that. What this means is that we're moving where that device sits. 
So that user isn't hitting a VPN connector or a VPN concentrator or some sort of server. That user is hitting a service like Cloudflare or like Cisco. Um, I think it's Ironport. Um, and dear, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Cloudflare or Ironport, but they're hitting a service like that that's from there encrypting that traffic. Uh, and we can depend on things like TLS 3.1 to encrypt that, to encrypt that traffic throughout the internet. So VPN was really, really useful when we knew where our users were or we can install a client onto their device. Uh, but with things like VDI, TLS 3.0, uh, Ironport, Cloudflare and edge devices that do such, 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 um, high computing power and high encryption, uh, it's just, it's just becoming a thing of the past and you don't see a lot of VPNs anymore. So uh, it's likely that in a couple of years, you won't be running a VPN client on your device. You'll just log on to the internet. And then from there, because of your IP address or because of whatever MDM your device is being managed by, you'll connect to a Cloudflare or Ironport IP address and that'll encrypt your traffic from there. Hey, that was I gotta add my board to the next one because that was a round of applause for you know yeah, you simple elaborate breakdown. You know, I just so realized like, I wasn't using VPN. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I think about it, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure somebody would have stood man. up and told Eric to preach. Um, <laughs> I like to say that also that is I would say his example would be if all things were done the way they're supposed to be done. <laughs> That's what I would like to say. Yes, um, you're right. My bad. I ain't add that. That's ideal. That's not. That's yeah. not real world. That's ideal. Because I mean, every company is different. So, yeah, I haven't thing, seen that. Um, <laughs> right. I haven't seen anybody like anywhere close to that. Um, they're very heavily reliant on Cisco AnyConnect. Um. Any connect is a big yeah. product. Yeah, my last job we were doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was saying. And I've even oh, seen go ahead. Where, like, Just go play. You can't get to the cloud services unless you're on net. Like they have the cloud services locked down to like the company's IP address. So you have to connect mm-hmm. to a VPN to get on um, the network. I will say I've seen a lot more places invest in those little like VPN concentrated devices that you hook to your um, router at home and you can just connect to it and it gives you like an odd net IP. I've seen a lot more people investing in them. Um, yeah, we use Citrix on. Workspace right now. Mm-hmm. Or you got that uh, Cisco Umbrella. Umbrella is a big thing now where you run the Umbrella client and it's not a VPN, but it, it redirects your IP address to a SaaS provider. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff. I, I don't want us to get too technical because we'll really get into the weeds on it. But uh, yeah. any connect is big. Umbrella is big. Um, there, there are a whole lot. And then, uh, Henry, to your point, uh, Citrix, a lot of people are logging on to, quote unquote, dumb terminals and then connecting mm-hmm. to some sort of Citrix portal where they're basically using a VDI to manage uh, for a lot of us in security, we use them as jump boxes forever where we couldn't get yep. to pride without going through some sort of Citrix portal. Well, now that's the way people are working. They that's log on definitely to how they're what, no physical device. Yeah, yeah. They log on to whatever computer they're logging on to. Um, and, and they go through some, some NAC, um, 
some NAT configurations, whether it's Bradford or whether it's Fortinet or whatever. They go to some basic NAT configurations. Uh, NAT stands for Network Access, uh, Network Access Control. Uh, you can learn more and more about NAC if you sign up for a Cover Six Sock Workshop, uh, <laughs> taught by yours truly. Um, you know, shameless plug, but they go through I'll some sort of NAC. They go through, check out Dier's blog post. And if, <laughs> and if you need more information on that, please sign up for a cover six sock analyst workshop by hosted by yours truly. Uh, but anyway, um, they go through some sort of configuration, but at the end of the day, I think that VPN is not going away. Uh, when I say VPN being used less, think about it in the same way that people say IPv6 is taking over, right? Where it's like, it's going to be utilized. Is it going to become the staple right now? No, but mm-hmm. think about it in the way that people looked at REST API four years ago, whereas people saw REST API and was like, oh, okay. It's just a version of API. Now, when we say REST API, we mean all APIs. It's like Clinix or Xerox. Like when we say it, we mean everything. Look at that. I was being funny with the Acon thing. Uh, man, this has been great. And I already know I could keep on going on. Everybody can keep on going on. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to probably have to wrap it up right here. Um, everybody has their – let me take this thing off so the Twitter handles will show again. These are everyone's Twitter handles. I'll make sure to go back through this and put it in the description. I will probably be clipping some of this stuff up after I have to rewatch it because there's definitely a lot of game dropped. You're looking at so many different people that have different but similar experiences, also based on the color of our skin. And yeah, but I appreciate everybody for tuning in with us tonight. This will not be the last one. Um, good audience because my channel isn't really known for live streaming. So I'm, you know, I'm just happy y'all tuned in and rocked with me. And hopefully y'all took something away from this conversation. Um, but yeah, man, I'm gonna be out and um, yeah, I remember Hack, one thing. Hacker Happy Hour all every month for 2022. <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody hit Henry, Henry's page up and ask for a Hacker Happy Hour every month in 2022. Hey, that's a bit, <laughs> <you>, bro. <laughs> Let's yeah. get textual. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs>